Hi, everyone. This podcast is recorded in a house with animals, one of whom is adorable and small and orange and cleaning herself right now in front of me because she cannot possibly get clean enough. Oh, God, why the cats have to do this and then be complete jerks is beyond me. Maybe it's the work. little paw with the toe beans. It's I know. Really, really obnoxious, yes. I know. Uh, so you expect interruptions, cats, dogs. The chickens are all asleep and, and safely tucked in for the night. I don't actually tuck them in, but that's a, another discussion. The other thing to mention at this point in time is that we swear. Yep. And I should also mention at this point in time that during today's interview, we do talk about uh, some body issues. So you should uh, keep yourself, keep that in mind that there will be some medical things, not like body dysmorphia things, but more like medical issues and bodies are gross, y'all. So you should keep that in mind. I don't think we quite earned the explicit tag this week, but uh, it's certainly, you know, something to be aware of going in. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 115. And I'm really excited about this Wait, week's... it's only 115? 115. I thought we were farther than that. No. I thought we were doing like 120-some last week. No, last week was 114. Wow. Yeah. Brains, man. Brains, man. Did you dream that we did the others? I don't actually dream about podcasting. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm... I, Saying that because everything else has been pulled into your dreams at some point, so I figured I should, uh, I'm, I'm slightly surprised. No, I don't think I've ever dreamed about podcasting. If I have, I didn't remember it. Uh, okay. All right, then. Last thing I remember was was playing, trying to get together with Delia Sherman. Oh, okay. The author to play Shadowrun. <laughs> and... Uh, but we were doing like furry shadow run and I was going to have a wombat physical adept and it was awesome. And, uh, okay. And, but we could not get the whole, like, I don't dream the awesome. I'm a wombat physical adept. I dream. I'm trying to get everyone in the same room to play <laughs> shadow run and everyone has conflicting schedules and no one knows where the rule book is because you know, fuck adulthood, man. Right. <laughs> So yes, our dreams get so much more <laughs> boring, or or I don't know. Maybe there are many people I'm sure who have a rich dream fantasy life. I do not appear to be one of them. Oh, mine is is complicated and weird, but it's frequently it's frustrating rather than you know. Yeah, awesome. Anyway, Which, yeah, <laughs> I, I that sounds a lot like adulting, honestly. Well, sometimes adulting is awesome. Like, you know, people are always like, oh, I would like to be a kid again. You could not pay me enough money in the world. Nope. Um, like, uh, physically, my mid-20s were, were great in that things hadn't broken down quite so much and I needed less sleep. But, yep. Uh, like, I, I would never go back. I, I, I am so much happier. I, I, I agree. I and have that, the love of my life and a career, and it's cool. It's very cool, and I think that's kind of an interesting thing to think about as we're going to my 30th high school reunion on Saturday. Yes. 
So, yeah, so for those of you playing along at home and doing the math, that was, uh, I graduated high school in 1989, 30th anniversary this year, and it's going to be interesting. I don't have to dress up, do I? I mean, you could be T. Kingfisher. But, like, I'm, no one's expecting me to wear, like, a dress or a, 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 like, this isn't formal. I don't believe so, no. What are you wearing? I was probably either going to wear a kilt and my sparkly chicken shirt or pants and my sparkly chicken shirt. Is this indoor or outdoor? Indoor. Okay. But there is no world in which I would ask you to wear a skirt (laughs) unless you said, I really feel like wearing a skirt. Uh, Then I'd have to go buy a skirt. Well, yeah. Yeah. So there's that, but it's it's going to be interesting because as I'm as I was thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, my 10 year anniversary. It was I was living the traditional life. I had a wife, I had uh, one child, and soon to have another one on the way. Uh, bought a house, had a corporate job, blah blah blah. The 10 years that in between. Before the 20th anniversary, there was the divorce, there was the second child, there was the house I'm in now, there, you know, all these changes, and I couldn't make it to the the thing, I went to the picnic the next day. Or oh, was, yeah, I was wrong with the picnic, yeah. and I was like, didn't, wasn't there just a picnic? But, but okay, this is an actual formal event. Yeah, this is a formal event, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the picnic was the, was the informal event the day after uh, my 20th high school reunion. I could wear a suit. You could wear a suit. And so this this year, you know, there's uh, drinks, dinner. Apparently they're trying to dig up the senior slideshow again. So you will not recognize a clean-shaven, incredibly skinny, long-haired Kevin. I mean, I'm not going to know anybody oh, there, so I'm just going to go along and make pleasant noises and play on my phone. That's... Like that's, all the other spouses do. That's fine. <laughs> that is perfectly acceptable. But I'm there to support you. Yeah. And I think the other thing about it is this time uh, I've got a kid out of the house, another one about to graduate high school. I have a great job. I have an amazing wife. I still live in the same house I've lived in for the last 20 years, so that's cool. Um, You've traveled all over? I have traveled all over. I can now wow people with tales of Botswana and uh, Tibet and Berlin, and it's... Oh, I'm totally telling everybody at your high school reunion you ate yak penis. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Tell them about the yak penis. That is abs- That may be exactly what I'm saying. Because, let's face it, you're the better storyteller in those situations. Oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... it's um, so there's a bit of a retrospective going on in the back of my mind. At the same time, I'm like, I've got a new challenge at work that I'm trying to figure out and... Uh, we're getting some rescue chickens on Sunday, so I can't get, like, wasted at the reunion because we have to get up early and drive to pick up rescue chickens on Sunday. Lorge's previous owner, yeah. uh, not not our shepherd friend, but the one before who mm-hmm. she got Lorge from, is uh, has unfortunately had some severe health issues and is uh, frequently being hospitalized and can't care for her chickens anymore yeah, yeah. so uh we are going to basically pick up lord's ladies uh yes the and the the lovely person who follows us on twitter uh who is the daughter 
of this woman uh, has already told her uh, about basically what kind of home they're going to, and that makes her very happy. <laughs> oh, good. good. So, yes, uh, she's also mm-hmm. a vendor at uh, at uh, Anthrocon. Yes, I bought masks from mm-hmm. her. Yes. So that's uh, that's that. I can't really think of how productive I've been in the past week. I've got, you know, my code changes at work happened. I got a lot of interviews done. And I think that's fantastic uh, because I'm, I'm starting to fill in so that maybe I can get to the, uh, I'm looking at maybe having enough interviews to get to the end of November right now, which is uh, rebuilding the backlog I had before we went to China. Uh, and the last the last uh, month or two have been a little stressful. As it's okay, what's the interview? Watching you know things run a little thinner. So it it's nice to have that sort of proactive backlog because it it relieves a lot of stress. The buffer. The buffer. Yes. Yes. Buffer, not the backlog. Backlog something different. Backlog's- Proactive backlog is uh, yeah is. I think buffer is a better even. buffer is a better word. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely correct. Proactive backlogs is that's very corporate speak. Yeah. Well, and that's just the word proactive is so corporate. The first time I saw it, I regularly was on inspirational posters when I worked at Prudential. Oh. And so I have hated the word proactive <laughs> for uh, uh, 23 years, 24 years. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so anyway, that's 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 been me, and it's it's been a it's been a good week, and I'm really excited about what we've got coming up. Thinking, I had some stuff happen. Oh, uh, you you had a book come out. I had a book come. You out. You had a book come out. Yes, the twisted ones finally landed, and the thing is, this book because publishing moves slowly. Oh yeah, this book has been done for a year, and. I had almost forgotten parts of it, <laughs> and I it, it has been like coming out for so long that people right. are like, "Are you excited? It's coming out?" I'm like, "No, I I I I don't even." It seems like it should have been out years ago, uh, but it's out. And, it is, and then it. I was not as calm as I hoped to be. Um, <laughs> and also, it's a stressful week battling the permit office. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who was supposed to build my yurt platform on Dog Skull had to back out probably because he lost some of his labor force, which yeah. we all know means immigration cracked down on his labor force. Uh, let's not <laughs> sugarcoat it. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden he can't afford to do a bunch of these things. So now I'm scrambling to find another local builder and whatnot. And then on top, so I was already on that. And then like, I have to figure out why the bolts aren't up to code, or I was trying to figure out why the bolts weren't up to code so that they, w- they would approve the plans. But then the guy is like, I will fix the plans since I can't build it. I will fix the plans for you. Just, you know. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Which was very nice of him. And so on all of this, suddenly there's a book coming out. <laughs> oh, and also my editor finally threw the ball. Yes. Uh, I, I, last week, if you listened, I was having a serious freak out because it was just throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Just pick something and I will write yeah. it. But you, you but I got to have something to work with. I need, I need something. And, uh. I I submitted what was basically my Hail Mary pass, which was a right. weird ass fairy tale chunk I had lying around that I had no idea what happened to next. And 
she she loved it. She was like, yes, this this is it. This this is the thing. And I'm like, great. I don't know what happens next, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> You'll figure it out. So I am trying to figure this thing out. And uh, and then so it came out on Tuesday, and yeah. and Monday was lovely. I sat and wrote like, or maybe it was Tuesday. Uh, whatever day it was, I sat and wrote like two thousand words. Yeah, that was that was Tuesday because Monday you found out about the permitting thing. Oh yes, and and I finished editing. And you yes. finished and, oh, editing because I had another book that I also had to get edited by the first, which is the next horror novel. So I I was like on a deadline for edits to hand this thing in, in addition to the permitting and everything else. By the end of that, I was just like, I am going to take some some anxiety meds and go lay in a room and pray for death. And so I did that, and then the next morning I got up and wrote 2,000 words mm-hmm. on the thing that I don't know what's happening. I still don't know what's ultimately happening, but at least some horrible things are happening along the way. Yeah. And uh, and then the book was coming out, and yeah. I was like, oh, right, the book is coming out. Oh, God, the book is coming out. Oh, God, everyone will hate it. Uh, because when you're an author, inevitably... Everyone hates okay, it. Okay, I'm not going to say inevitably you think... <laughs> not everyone hates it, but you think everyone will hate it. But maybe that's not true. I mean... There are people who are supremely confident and are like, my book is out, everyone will love it. And uh, we try not to hate those people because good for them. We still hate them a little. Uh, But it came out and people were reading it and I was getting, you know, the, the live updates of people going, mostly yelling, oh my God, what is wrong with you? Yeah, and they, they, this book is the tip of the iceberg. I've seen what happens in the next one and some of the stuff you're plotting for the one you just started writing. Yes, but the thing is, I feel like this is the scariest of the three. This one is actual horror. The next one is like, you know, sort of science fiction. Yeah, yeah. Lovecraftian science fiction. It's not really scary so much as just weird-ass shit is happening. Uh, Kevin is looking at me now. All right. This is. I'm just going to be vague about this, uh, although it may be a little spoilery. The scene in the school bus. Okay, the school bus is is, I, but is that creepy or is it just weird? I believe I tried to physically climb up the couch away from the book while reading it. I'm a really bad judge of these things because, as various people have said, I put horror <laughs> elements in my fantasy novels, and I never think they're horror. I'm just like, this is a weird fantasy thing I could put in. People are like, you have giant, you know, a clear gelatinous monsters dropping on people out of the sky. And I'm like, yeah, I was mostly afraid that would be dorky and hokey. And they're like, no, this is horrifying. And I'm like, oh, cool. So um, I'm, and then the whole severed heads in the one paladin book. Okay. There are a lot of severed heads in that book. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, all right, I'm getting far afield. The point is horror <laughs> is very individual. <laughs> and just because something scares me does not mean it scares anyone else. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I have been like in dread that the Twisted Ones would come out and everyone would be like, well, it's fun and there's some good jokes, but it's not really scary. Uh, which I guess is sort of like the, the equivalent of a comedian. It's funny, but not ha-ha funny. Uh, right. Yeah, the, yeah, whatever the horror equivalent of that is. And, but, uh, but some people were saying they were scared and reviews were coming out from like Barnes and Noble saying this book scared the crap out of me. And I'm like, yay. I I still think the, the best. 
is uh, because I've, I heard this from from Nava, your editor, uh, from at least one or two other people who who read and left blurbs on the book, and then on Twitter yesterday, someone said, "How the hell did you put a jump scare in a novel? I don't you should know. not be able to. There should that should not work. What the hell is wrong with you?" I think I think it yeah. Well, Sean and McGuire called me up to yell at me and and has said very nice things about the book. So and so did Chuck Wendy. It was it was all very mm-hmm. sweet. People yeah. have been very supportive. So uh yeah, I that and it seems to be doing well. It's it's number one on Amazon in occult horror and number mm-hmm. five in horror. It horror, was earlier, yeah. Which is like I mean it's Stephen King is ahead of me, kind of thing. And uh, which, yeah, and these, and not there's re- no shame in that. <laughs> not recent Stephen King books. That's the thing. No, no, me. no. Uh, the the the, uh, the Institute. Is, oh, is, is the, the Institute one that yeah. just came out? Yeah. yeah. Okay, because I I thought I also saw like Doctor Sleep ahead of. Oh, you. I think there was a, there was a uh, uh, compilation. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, the Shining and Doctor Sleep, which is like number yeah. four, which is fine. I, if you're a horror author and you expect to beat Stephen King, get ready to for a long life of bitterness. Right. Uh, you know, I, I have no such dreams that I made number five is pretty awesome. And I hope that means that, you know, it's old enough copies mm-hmm. that they'll want to buy more books. Yeah. Other than the next one that they already bought. So, because I would love to continue writing horror, I think. I'm pretty sure I'd like to. You you would like to continue writing things that I'm very sorry, folks, aren't children's books. Yes, it's true. Um, I'm I am in the regrettable situation of. Frankly, I wrote some very good children's books. I am proud of them. They are good. They did good work. But despite being good at the thing, it is not a thing I am enjoying anymore. You you did something like seventeen in six or seven years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I pretty much just wiped that part of my brain off the map. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's a burnout thing. I mean, it might come back later, uh, but you need, you certainly need to play in some other spaces for a while. <laughs> deeper and, and waters, deeper waters, yeah, and and let that, and let, let that kind of regrow or, yeah. or refresh, replenish. Someday I'd like to do an art again. There you go. Well, but it'd probably be a comic, and you know, you've been yeah. There, there. I keep threatening to do more nameless sheep. Maybe you should. It's good for you. It is. It yeah. is, and I do love nameless sheep. Although people are like, nameless sheep is like a kid's book, and I can't wait to share it with my kids. And I'm like, no. Oh, honey, oh, no! Don't just... do that. <laughs> yeah. I I know some of where that goes. That is not okay. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so it's it's it was a good week ultimately, mm-hmm. but Monday and Tuesday were Four. I was so stressed about all I could do was work and sleep. I I want to say Monday and Tuesday were almost like opposite ends of the stress spectrum. Yes. Monday was the bad kind of stress where things just aren't fitting together, they're not going right, it's very difficult. Tuesday yesterday was the the overload of good and yeah, yay and yeah. yeah and she wants the book and mm-hmm. I sort of know what to do with the book and also people like the book and oh god yeah. oh god yeah. yeah so it's uh and today I got my hair done and today you got your hair done this is uh the or as we say here in the south I got my hair did you got your hair did this is uh this is mm-hmm. how it is referred to yes it looks good thank you thank yeah. you so um Speaking of 
things. Things. <laughs> I have no idea what the interview is, so that was my attempt at a segue. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a good segue either. We'll just roll into this the old-fashioned way. About a year and a half ago, uh, episode 45 to be exact, uh, we had a very nice woman by the name of Elizabeth Bion, and she had talked about how she was productive as a lawyer, uh, a tax lawyer specifically, and the things she used. Well, in the intervening time, she changed jobs. Oh. And because of the job situation, she had to overhaul everything and add a whole bunch of stuff. And I, I'll be honest, it's about a two-hour interview, but... It is absolutely amazing, and we tangent far, far less. Sorry, dude, uh, far, far less than I do with Dino. <laughs> so this one is pretty much uh, nonstop talk about uh, her productivity, how it's changed, the things she's using now, uh, the systems that she's switched to, what's good, what's bad. I had a great time talking to Elizabeth, and I hope you enjoy it too. So we will have that for you right after this Woo. folks. So I have a returning guest this week. I have Elizabeth, who was on the show. God, it's been like over a year. A year and a half. I yeah, think. like a year and Something a half. Like and Elizabeth wanted to come in and talk about what's changed because you've, you've had job changes. You've had some process changes. You've had some changes going on and you want to talk about what's changed since the last time we talked. And for those of you listening at home, actually, this is the second time we've talked about this because we listened to the first one and we're like, you know what? Let's 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 redo it because we missed a bunch of stuff. And he mean I said let's redo it because I talked about maybe a third of the stuff that I did. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing. I I I want to make sure that that when we we do these that everybody's happy with them and. Uh, you know, and that's that's fine. I think it's great that you're like, you know what? I don't think I expressed what I wanted to express. Let's do it again. And uh, yeah. and kudos to to Kevin for uh, being flexible and uh, and doing this for us. So thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you because it's it's uh, you're you're the one making time for me more than anything else. So. Oh no, that, uh, you're you're the one with like you know kids and uh, multiple pets and you know uh, just the, the exciting podcasting and everything. <laughs> I, just the schlub with the job and you know everything else. Uh, so. Let's let's be honest. Now that uh, my my younger son is seventeen, he's not that high maintenance anymore. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard I've heard that eventually happens. I, yeah. I know a couple of friends are kind of holding on desperately uh, through the early teenage years. 
hoping for that day. Yes. And then you're like, why doesn't he want to talk to me anymore? And you're like, ah, and then you realize that, oh, now I have free time to do other things. Right. I, yeah. This, uh, this free time thing, mm. it's, it's pretty legendary. So it is, uh, it is. Although I am already, as I, as we plan for him to go to college next year, it's the weirdest thing. I'm starting to get a little empty nest. I'm starting to, to feel like I, I don't know what I'm going to do without this third person in the house. So uh, uh, we'll see. Hmm? More, more chickens? Oh, without, that was already in the plan. It's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely more of uh, you, you are used to – I'm talking about empty nester things. Yeah, you're used to a person being there, and then when they're not, it's uh, very strange, especially when it's a child who's basically, you know, we're talking uh, their entire life. Uh, there's also a similar adjustment, uh, not to put a downer on it, during uh, pre-divorce separation or something like that, where, yeah. you know, for a while – you're missing there's there's something missing and it takes you a little while to identify oh yeah i'm used to having that person around yeah it's yeah. and it's strange how even when mm-hmm. uh even when a positive change i mean I, yeah this is this is maybe a strange note to start the podcast on but there are days when i almost miss depression um because <sighs> it did have a way of filling time yeah <laughs> You know, it's just you you sort of become used to operating a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the last time we talked, I had uh, I turned a, a bit of a corner um, on the mental health stuff and it was getting a lot better. And since then, it's mostly been stable, um, mm-hmm. had a bit of a swing where we did some medication adjustments and that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, but it is interesting when suddenly this thing that sucks a lot of your time and energy is gone even though you're happy to have it back. And I mean, I can only imagine if it's something positive, like, you know, a child or a beloved spouse or something. uh, It's, it's still a gap that's just there. Um, And you're figuring out how to, how to Mm -hmm. fill that. Um, Yeah. But anyway, but speaking of since last time, yes, let us, let us, let us get into the meat of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so listeners, I volunteered when, Kevin put out the call for, for content because mm-hmm. I've had this interesting thing where objectively, when you step back and look at it, change has not been huge, but the changes that it's caused in my processes and how I stay organized day to day and how I do things have been very large, actually. Um, so about, Eight months ago or so, I changed jobs. Mm-hmm. I in the same part of town. I still park in the same place. <laughs> I still the substance of what I do is extremely similar. Mm-hmm. Still work on the billable hour like I did before, but there are some things that are very different and. One of the things that is different uh, is entirely self-inflicted. I finally, after my last interview with Kevin and listening to the podcast for longer, I finally sat down and actually read Getting Things Done. 
Ah, David Allen's getting things done. Classic. I read the updated version, which I did find much more inclusive um, language-wise, I think. It, it From the description on the back, my understanding is that it was intentionally revised to be a bit better about that kind of thing. So I thought, okay, I will hearing about this and I'm glad that they made those revisions. So I will, I will jump in and see mm-hmm. what it has to offer. And kind of like other things that I've read in the productivity, personal organization space, I was surprised by how many things in there were familiar and that I was already instinctively trying to do. Oh, right. But it was interesting too to have it presented in a coherent deliberate way so when i finished the book i sort of looked around my organizational system and this was even before i had started the new job i was still in the old job and looked for did you know this system Mm -hmm. recommend that i didn't have that i that i wasn't doing Biggest things was actually having an an intentional way to store information, reference material that aren't actionable now. Yep. So that I could find them later (laughs) (laughs) when, when they would be. And so I I realized, you know, this is why. I have this giant, my inbox is non-existent because an inbox zero person still, Mm -hmm. if there's stuff in my inbox, it means that things aren't going very well and I need to slow down a little bit and, and get some stuff taken care of. But I have all of these folders with dozens and hundreds of emails that are read that I didn't need to do anything with at the time, Mm -hmm. but I thought might be useful someday. The someday later folder. The, yeah. The, the, the at some point folder. And it wasn't just email. I was doing this kind of everywhere. So, you know, handouts from classes I had taken, uh, book recommendations, mm-hmm. random, random business cards that <laughs> I'd gotten handed at an event or something. And so I... I stepped back and I decided that I would try to fill this gap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I've been using is OneNote for that. That's a great product for that. Yeah. So it works better for me than Evernote did. Um, I think, and, and again, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, I am, I am a Mac user. So I live in that ecosystem. So especially for, things that I might need to edit or add to on the go on my phone. Right. It's really helpful. So I have a, a book or a binder or whatever they're called, uh, one for contact information for since I met an event or uh, a random service provider that somebody suggested for something that needs to be done at the house or that or the other thing. Mm-hmm. I have one for my garden. Oh. 
So last year I put together a listing of, I've been, I've been experimenting with edible stuff in the garden. Mm -hmm. And uh, my big project the last couple of years has been tomatoes trying to figure out. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, uh, talk about cults. Heirloom tomatoes are (laughs) kind of a cult, Uh, but they're interesting. And it's been interesting to see year to year what grows well, what's happy, what do I like the taste of, what mm-hmm. what my needs, and is therefore worth maybe planting again. So at the end of the season, I actually took all of that information of what I had planted, how well it had done, what the flavor was like, where I had planted it, and then how much it produced. Because I eat some fresh, but I mostly um, I mostly make sauce and right. stuff because. I'm one person. I can't go through <laughs> an entire garden. And and you live in the northern part of the Midwest where that sort of uh, preserving is terribly important because your growing season can be very short some years. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you, and you never know going in. You can, you mm-hmm. can look at the farmer's almanac and you can kind <laughs> of guess and hope for the best. But you never know if this might be the year that it seems like you're going to have a really early summer until it snows. Yeah. And then it seems like you're going to have a late summer until it snows. And <laughs> just that's, that's how it is up here. Um, mm-hmm. So, so keeping track of that information. So then this year I looked at, okay, this is what I think I have a good solution for. What don't I have in as things I want to plant that I might try or what might do better, um, this or that. So I was able to use that information to make those selections. But the only reason that I had it and knew where it was was because I had set up this right. capture and repository system. Uh, so I, and I use it for, I've used it for recipes I've tried. I've used it for, uh, I have a I have a binder for um, road trips, actually, Ooh. cities I've visited and places I've eaten, so that when we go, because I tend to revisit or this you know use the same routes. Uh, I drive through a lot of the Midwest, yeah, and you find yourself being at the same town, and you're trying to remember what was the name of that restaurant that we went to that was either really good or really terrible. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so having a place where I can just make those quick notes, we ate here, this was the price range. And, you know, could my gluten-free friends find something to eat there? Were we generally happy? What was, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of, um, of information that I haven't, it's some of it that I, I keep in there, like the business cards is a good example. There are dedicated apps and there are dedicated systems for those kinds of things. Yeah. I just don't volume that makes that make sense. So it's more, this is my, my digital easily accessible and, and readable collection of like post-it notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things I want to remember. Um, it's so it's essentially a paper planner. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a paper planner that I don't have to worry about what happens to it for things that I actually want to be stored and 
have that sense of I can access it from anywhere. I can, uh, because through work, I had a personal Microsoft subscription for cheap. Mm-hmm. I can access it from my phone. I can access it from my desktop, you know, so yep. it's, it's easy to get to. Um, and again, it's, it's that sense of, uh, GTD phrases, the trusted system. Yep. Uh, and, and it is kind of that trusted. I, I know it will still be there, uh, when I, when I need it to be. Mm-hmm. So, so that's been really helpful for general information for more specific information. I think Ravelry has come up a few times Oh yeah, on the podcast. Love Ravelry. I've been a member for a very long time. I think since 2000, I don't even remember for sure. Very long time. And I have used it in the past for, finding patterns and I participated on some of the forums and all of that over the past year, I have more intentionally used features like their stash logging. Okay. So all of the yarn that I own (laughs) is hoarded in Rory. It's, it's all there. I know exactly what I have and the part of the process for me actually and part of why I did it was that I I never bought terrible yarn. I did buy yarn with the intention of using it for a project that in my later acquired wisdom phase I realized would not work well for the intended project. So it became sort of free agent yarn in my stash with no specific plan. So having that data to hand while I'm looking for patterns, you know, what am I going to do with this? It's right. gorgeous. Use it. Uh, it's not going to make the thing I thought it was going to make. So what is it going to make instead? Um, so, so that's been really nice. It also has a, you can uh, track the tools that you have. So needles, all of that sort of stuff, which is really nice when you're, at a shop inspired and you see the yarn and you even are wiser than I was at first. And you know, a project that it will actually work for. <laughs> this is a um, common problem among knitters. I'm, I'm very aware of it. It, yes. But the thing that you always ask yourself mm-hmm. as you're at the checkout is crap. Do I have the right needles? <laughs> <laughs> And you're not sure, so you just buy some just to be safe. Right. And this is how you wind up with five sets of size six double points because you're very consistent in your choice of yarn and your choice of project. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so that has helped. That has helped cut down on the the. Uh, kind of wastage and and also just that bit of mental stress of oh crap do i you know i don't know what i have yep and uh and it's also been i I paired that for myself with through everything and updating my actual physical storage of stuff Mm -hmm. so i got a better storage system for my needles i put all of the yarn into ziplocs so that it is mop proof oh yeah big deal up Uh, there too yeah 
a dear friend had a moth infestation. Ooh. I was it. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. down here. It's yeah. mold, not so much moths. So. Yeah, yeah. I, that also scares me. I, I did. I saw a moth on the outside of my house the other day, and I just thought, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> you get away from my house and my neighbor's house. She needs to. You, you leave us alone. That's me, my cash. You yeah. can't have it. <laughs> Meanwhile, my, my wife, Ursula, would just be like, did you get a photo? What kind of moth was it? She'd be able to tell you if it was one to worry about. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just a boring brown moth. I, I, uh, a friend has a, a child who I remember a particularly epic story where child saw a moth indoors and just kind of flipped out. Oh, yeah. And. You know, there was an emergency evacuation of the moth and so on. And I, I chimed into this story and said, you know, I'm I'm kind of with the kid. When a moth is involved, I kind of shoot first and ask questions later. Right. Because uh, because yeah. just not not worth it. But anyway, so it's, it was one of those projects where there was a good reason to go through all of the air anyway. Mm-hmm. So long I was as I was at it. Uh, Doing, doing the cataloging and, and putting that information into a place I could access it. And for people who sew, there are also apps out there that will do this for fabric. I see. I need to send that to my mom. It's kind of amazing. The one that I settled on is called Cora. Um, and I'll send you information. But cool. you can store information like what's the width, what's the length. What's the fiber content? What's the color? What's the pattern or mm-hmm. texture? All of that information. Uh, is it washed or not? Um, you know, and, and where is it? Uh, where is it? Where is it stored? Right. So that if you have an extensive collection, like you're a quilter, mm-hmm. uh, that, that can be really helpful. So again, that's kind of the, I, I do costuming, you mm-hmm. know, you're, you're at the fabric store and you think, oh, I love this. Wait, do I have? Mom's a quilter. So, yeah. You understand. <clears throat> I understand completely. Ooh, yeah. this would be, be great for the quilt. Wait, what other pieces, colors, fabrics do I need for this? What do I already have? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and, and I- she does the beading thing too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. that's that's a whole I did look for a little bit at sort of database mm-hmm. apps uh, I think I looked at Airtable was one that I looked at and kind of played around with but for for me I am fundamentally pretty lazy and yeah. someone had already solved that problem. And in that case, it wasn't like the business card thing where I have maybe 10 of them that come in and are relevant. It's, I have this giant pile, um, not as giant as your mother's, I'm sure. I, I bow before. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing. Um, but, you know, but that that is also something that you could do for, uh, cataloging things that you have in quantity, so mm-hmm. you know, would be a good one. Um, if uh, can you can you repeat about, that one? The audio skipped on me. Oh, uh, the uh, just I uh, just things to make uh, 
databases of the right. beads, uh, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. but something like oh, okay. Airtable, yeah. there are a few other ones out there. I think if you search online for custom database apps. Um, and I think that's, again, it's just a matter of, to tie it back to the overall kind of GTD thing, just having that trusted place for that not actionable right now, going to need this information at some point. Um, And the nice thing is you already are using the app. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, it's kind of that like, Oh, this is, this is the gap that this is filling. Mm -hmm. This is um, the, the, the side of this that I was missing. So it's uh, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, also adding things to, I have a, a Flickr album, online photo storage album for art projects that I've done for calligraphy, that kind of stuff. And I made a point of going back and putting in the description all of the source material that I had used. So ah. I've got, yeah, I've got the links and I've got the citation references and so on. So that when I have that thought of, Oh, this actually happened to me last month. Oh, I have this request. I know just the manuscript to use. I've used it before. Crap. What was it called? Uh, and where did I find it? It's it's in the British Library somewhere. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but because I had already done that, that information was there. And instead of spending the evening trying to find it again, it was it was already there. Yeah, so, yeah. so that was kind of nice. Um, so those are some of the new tools that I've been using um, for the kind of capture and store information. Mm-hmm. The process thing that changed mm-hmm. after reading GTD is that I no longer, unless a task actually has to be done on a specific day, I don't necessarily come to each day with a plan of what tasks are going to get done. I actually find myself planning that sort of thing less uh, precisely in advance. So I might come in with a sense of, okay, I would like to get these things done, but I don't intentionally assign it. Like when I sit down, I usually sit down on Sundays and kind of, so I don't make here's Monday's to-do list. Here's Mm -hmm. Tuesday's to-do list. Here's because what I, uh, what, what reading the book kind of crystallized for me was that something that, throws me off very easily is change of plan when there is a plan and it's specific and then I can't do it. Yeah. And uh, I think the thing about that is if you're in an interrupt driven business or job or or something like that, it really is harder to pre-plan out an entire week. Like when I have my on-call week, which is, um, I think it's two weeks away. I have to check my calendar. I I know what's going to happen that week, right? And so I don't plan anything else during my workday for that because I know that's what's going to be going on. It's all going to be interrupt-driven. The weeks I'm not on call, it's like, this is what I want to accomplish this week, but 
I'm not going to like cry if it doesn't get completely done or if I end up waiting on reviews on Friday that aren't going to happen until Monday or Tuesday. Right. Right. Because, um, well, we're distributed and we're global. And sometimes I need the input from the guy in Australia who's already left for the weekend by the time I'm signing on Friday morning. So yeah, I might not see that until Monday or Tuesday and that's fine. Yeah. And I yeah. think it, it came down to more having a really good handle on what my actual tasks are, mm-hmm. what the next step is that I can take. And in terms of rather than cataloging them in my head or on my to-do list by day, I catalog now more by type of thing. So this is something that I really need to be in the office and I need to have my headphones on and I need to just dive deep and focus mm-hmm. and hopefully not interrupted. Yeah. So that's something that I am not going to schedule for Monday morning because I, it's never going to get done at, at that time. Right. Uh, I will, when, when I all, I'll pencil in sometime when I think it'll happen, but it's more driven by, by abilities. Kind of the same thing with little tasks. Um, Hey, I am already in this program. I'm already doing this particular task. What else do I have? Yeah. Kind of batch and, and get done at the same time. Um, And I think that the other side effect of that has been actually that when, uh, when my brain chemistry takes over and I get overwhelmed. Oh yeah. Having those very concrete, this is a thing that I can do that will move something forward Mm -hmm. um, as my focus rather than, but I said I was going to do this today has been more helpful, I think, um, for managing that. So that's been, that's been interesting to see. And also the, it, it kind of dovetailed into something that I worked on and I, don't think I talked about this on in our last interview, but one of the things that um, a counselor actually suggested that I do when, and she suggested, do, you know, having a practice of doing this on a regular basis mm-hmm. is sort of scheduled worry time where, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where you sit down and just download onto a piece mm-hmm. of paper, onto the app of your choice, whatever it is. Um, she really liked doing it on paper. I find that that's helpful for me too, because, and it's interesting because you you sit down with this blank piece and you think, but I'm not, I'm not worried. I feel fine. And then your brain starts going. I, uh, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, I was talking to somebody, one of the interviews for the podcast who had built panic time into their like packing schedule. Right. And so here's, here's the checklist item that says, okay, panic. Now that that's done, we can get to the next thing. Right. Yeah. I know, I know somebody who, as as a point of legend, Mm -hmm. um, she regularly cooked for big events Mm -hmm. and she would actually block off a 15 minute increment in her schedule for the afternoon to go cry. Okay. Yeah. It's like, here is your, here's your scheduled meltdown. It's going to happen. Just, just let it, let it happen. And the interesting thing about that kind of a practice, I think is again, you don't, 
sometimes you don't realize that there's pressure building in the back of your head until you actually give it somewhere to vent. And suddenly for me, I'm writing furiously. Oh my God. I'm worried about, I'm worried about money and I'm worried about this big project. And am I going to meet this deadline? And Oh my gosh, my, you know, this isn't done that I thought it was going to be done, blah, blah, blah. And the key is to set that time and then stop. Stopping sometimes is the hard part. Yeah. But, um, but the thing that I added to that is once I'm done and I think I have downloaded everything I can think of, I try to look through that list and turn as many of those things as I can into an actionable step. So rather than just having this pile of things I'm worried about, I suddenly have a pile of things I can do about them. Yeah. 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 And that, again, I can put that onto my running to-do list Mm -hmm. as, Hey, these are things that I know I can do and that will, I don't want to use the phrase value add. That's such a just buzzword. Ah, um, but, but I know that they, I know that they will, I know that they'll have value and that they'll make me feel better and take some of that pressure off some of those things, even if it doesn't sound like a lot, uh, even if it's just, I need to, I have this art project that Mm -hmm. I've been avoiding for months and it's on my backlog and there's no deadline, but it's, I'm worried about it. I just need to, pick a source right. i need to pick something to start with and then just go um so so, so it's like um and i don't know if you've listened to it because it's only been out like two days but it's like um ursula's was talking this past week and for those of you listening at home i believe i'm releasing this like literally last this is last week's episode um about how she was getting anxious because uh, it was it was like a dog was waiting for you to throw the ball. Yes. And and yeah, yeah just throw the ball already. Throw the ball. Um, yeah. yeah. And for the that actually makes a lot of sense to me because sometimes it does kind of feel like okay, where what are the balls that I can throw mm-hmm. for myself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to get the get things started and get things moving. And that's kind of a, a thing that has uh, something that I would put it as, as candidate for really good advice mm-hmm. is get out of your head. That phrase was coming up for me all over the place for about <laughs> a month. Uh, it was, it was really strange. It was, it was one of those, the universe is trying to tell me something yeah. moment. And the, the, my favorite thing that I heard it followed by is if you're in your head, you're behind enemy lines. Yeah. I, I remember us talking about that one uh, yeah. when we talked last yeah. and, and, and it just sort of settled in that, oh, wow, that is, that is heavy and deep when you, when it first hits you, it's just like, oh, wow, I never really thought of it that way. But if, if you've got anxiety or if you've got um, chronic depression, it can be the truth. It really can. And I think the thing that 
to me, even if you don't have, you know, a diagnosable something, Mm -hmm. most of us have some script somewhere in our head that's not helping. And it could just be, I'm not good at this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I know that I am bad at this thing. I know that, oh, I, I, I always fail when I do this or, or whatever it is. And getting to a place where my counselor talked a lot about uh, ruminating versus doing. Mm -hmm. So for those of us who have the uh, variety pack in our brains, um, (laughs) the, (laughs) (laughs) the desire to just ruminate and sit and chew on it Mm -hmm. and get progressively more anxious and you know so on it it's really strong it's really powerful and if you can get to a point where instead of that ruminating side you know because for me that's that's my worry time it's it's when i'm allowed to ruminate that is the entire purpose of those 20 minutes uh is to sit and chew and panic and feel all of that. Mm -hmm. And then I can say to the brain, okay, good job. That, that was great. Thanks for that. Now, what can we do? And then shift into that. And I found Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for a few months now and it has gotten much easier with practice. So for what that's worth. It, it's, I was talking to, um, Tomas. We're going to do a catch up episode with Tomas in a couple episodes, but I was talking to him earlier today and that was one of the things we were talking about. So, Hey, preview to a future episode gang, uh, when teaching his students, one of the things he has to emphasize over and over again is that, they are actually good at what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's that preconceived notion that maybe they aren't that they aren't good at it, that they're bad at it, that it's it's even though it's it may be difficult for them, but difficult doesn't mean bad at, and that it's very difficult sometimes because he can look at it and say, "You told me you're terrible at this. This is absolutely fantastic. You could pass my course right now," because he teaches English to German students, right. but. The the blocker is getting them to accept past that, right? And I think that especially – I don't know if it's the Midwestern or the young-ish – female, you know, mid-30s – young in in still reasonably classifiable as the young professional crowd, I guess. Uh, but the difficulty of saying I'm good at this is really real. <laughs> right. And and I, I can honestly say it, it doesn't appear to be an American thing, but, and I don't think it's a regional thing. There's, there's uh, it, it, it happens a lot, and I'm going to go on a tangent. Just going to say, just warning everybody. Yeah, um, 
like there was this generational thing, especially in the Midwest, especially in in rural communities, sometimes in the South, uh, with a humility that, you know, I'm okay at this. I'm not very good at this. You might be excellent at it, uh, but to take pride in one's accomplishments, to openly admit that you're really, really good at something, uh, going back to, you know, that's in in the christian world anyway theoretically that's a sin pride is a sin you know mm-hmm. and so there's 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 a lot of societal stuff in there in saying hey i'm really really good at this uh because just in in terms of our society historically historically uh at least outside of stardom and things like that it has been seen as a um that modesty is to be valued over over tooting your own horn. Right. Right. And I think there's, there's definitely a difference too between tooting your own horn and, you know, broadcasting I'm awesome and so on. And cause I, I don't yeah. know that all of us can even pull that off. I, I don't know that I could convincingly do that if I tried. But, but there are certain things, because there's a difference between saying, I'm awesome, mm-hmm. which I am awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously. I, I have a cat right here who thinks so. I feed her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My dogs agree that I'm awesome. And uh, before, yeah. we, before you finish that thought, I have to hit the pause button because the mail lady just pulled up. I'll be right back. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will pet the cat. She there will you be go. happy. Yes. You good? A, a wrist-mounted blood pressure monitor. Um, oh. My doctor has been on me. I have high blood pressure. Uh, it is the fault of, uh, partly the fault of Kevin and Ursley eat cheap and partly the fault of uh, a very high-stress job that I'm yeah. no longer in and haven't been in for a while. Uh, but the side effects linger, like high blood pressure, once you have it. Well, is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so she's been on me to start monitoring my blood pressure regularly. And I mm-hmm. had a, a cuff like this, but accuracy was questionable. Oh, wow. This one even has a, a fancy carry case. And so, um, yeah, so I can travel yeah. with it. Um, I- monitor uh i got to monitor mine for a little while because we tried uh adjusting a hormone dose and uh, i get my so there is correlation between migraines and hormones that increases your stroke risk yeah yeah uh it's bad you don't you don't want to have one of those so um i got to monitor my blood pressure for a while to make sure that it wasn't uh, skyrocketing as as a result, it did not, which was good. But uh, the cats thought that was very strange. They weren't sure yeah. what to make of that. Well, this is this one comes highly reviewed, and it's like, yes, I've compared it with my my um, uh, arm cuff, and the two readings are consistent. A lot of people are like, I don't like the wrist monitors because they aren't as accurate, but. If you follow the instru- apparently with this one, if you follow the instructions, it, it tends to be pretty good, as compared to my other one, which was questionable, even though it had the Bluetooth sync to my phone, so I could uh, do you know. But it wanted you; it almost required you to use the phone. This one is a standalone, so we're going to see. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and then 
uh, because because I work for a company that does, you know, uh, uh, we're a search company and we do data and analytics. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I work for Elastic. The people who do Elastic Stack are uh, so Elasticsearch and Kibana and all that stuff. Um, so it's like, yeah, I can I can start putting this data into something that is searchable and graphable and start paying attention to trends, um, which is why talk to my doctor when I go in this coming week about um, about some of the new uh, since I'm type 2 diabetic some of the new blood glucose uh, continuing monitoring things where I can just wave my phone over a patch on my arm and have it tell me my numbers right now instead of having to stick my finger amazing yeah yeah and I'm, I'm excited about the data uh, potentials because one of the things that um that is important to me, although it will drive other people insane. Uh, if you are anxious and no, seriously, if you're, you're anxious and your doctor has told you and not given you, um, this is happening in a friend of mine, uh, diagnosed with type two diabetes. And then the doctor says, you need to get this number down. That's all the doctor said, right? Without any real push on, what a good target number is, what, what to aim for, you know, any of that stuff. And so like almost like no education on, on what this person should be doing, which makes it really difficult, especially if they're already anxious. And now they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I, I just know down. I don't know if I need to be below a certain point and because they are not a um, traditionally shaped person, there's the immediate, uh, sorry folks for, for saying it this way. There's the immediate of, and stop being fat, right? right? No, no other, like the, the diagnosis is you have type two diabetes, so you need to lower your glucose numbers and stop being fat. And like without any other, yeah, without any other considerations. So, uh, that's awful. Yeah. So for them, the data having too much data is a source of anxiety. For me, mm-hmm. not having enough data is a source of anxiety. Right, and I w- I would fall more into the I want more data yeah. camp. Uh, just just for myself, and actually, I I also this past week have been in touch with my doctor about mm-hmm. some new uh, issues and downloaded. Yet another app, which I, I don't have enough experience with it to uh, <laughs> provide useful back on that one. Um, but again, it's it's attempting to track and, and do patterns. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to jump into something else, but so long as we're talking about health stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, we, other- we, we're sort of talking about that with, with hormones and migraines, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, yay hormones. They're super great. And wow, will they mess you up? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I basically got to a point where, um, you know, content warning folks, bodies are, are vaguely gross. Oh, uh, yeah. I already I, wrote that down. <laughs> that's good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it happens. But, uh, if you are a person who deals with having periods, you know they are unpleasant. Uh, if you are a person who loves someone who deals with periods, you probably also know that they are unpleasant. Um, yeah. And 
I actually got to a point where I had been on some form of birth control for about 10 years Mm -hmm. and ended up, I talked about that, you know, the process of going on in our last interview, uh, this year, things started getting messed up and my doctor and I agreed that I would try going off completely. Yeah. It was horrible. Uh, not not to put too fine a point upon it it was it was really difficult um i just oh everything i was pretty miserable which meant that everybody around me was pretty mis not really uh but it it was it was not one of the be- the most fun things i've ever done but because i was doing this intentionally in order to get information mm-hmm. on what my system was actually like unmedicated because we, the problem was that we really didn't know anymore. Um, so we took me completely off and I looked when I was first doing this at a bunch of different apps. There are plenty of them out there that are intended to help women track their cycles. Just use a paper calendar. If you want to, Yep. the one that I ended up using is called clue. It's Germany and it is the least unnecessarily, I'm not even going to use the word feminine because that's not it. It's that kitschy, overly girly approach that, yes, is just not my aesthetic. And what I found was that if I don't like the look of the app, I'm not going to use it. Yeah. Even even if it's probably, there were a couple, I think there's one called My Period Tracker um, and a couple others. And, and there were a couple that had functionality that I liked, but I just couldn't stand to look at them. <laughs> All pinks and pastels and flowers, and, right? And, well, the one, it had a bunch of different skins. But mm-hmm. they were all girl themed. So it was glam girl and holiday girl and beach girl and, you know, this and that. And and I have to be in a very specific mood and probably have had a couple of margaritas before, <laughs> uh, before that really sounds appealing uh, to me personally. If that does not bother you, I... Go with God. Go and and find the thing that that works. But I will say that using the app and putting in my symptoms, and one of the things Mm -hmm. that I liked about um, Clue and a lot of the other ones is they do give you options on what symptoms do you want to track. Mm -hmm. You don't have One of the other things that's nice, because I have some friends who are dealing with fertility issues, and that's heartbreaking. Right. There is an option. So many of the apps are out there and they exist, some of them, to either help you get pregnant or help you not get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And there are other reasons to track your cycle. Oh, yeah. That. So the, I guess the, the nice thing about some of the apps is that you can turn certain features off. A lot of them will tell you when your, quote, fertile window is or what have you you can have it not do that. So if it's painful for you to see that every month, you don't have to. On Clue, I think you can actually turn all prediction functions off if you so choose so that you 
all you see is your tracking of, of your past symptoms. Right. And all. So that's been interesting. Also, I think that whoever designed it does kind of have a sense of humor because there's, there's various things you can track. You can track your energy level. You can track uh, your skin. You can mm -hmm. track hair, actually, like how oily is your hair that day. Uh, but you can also track your mood. And the options are sad, happy, sensitive. And then it just has a tornado for PMS. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It, it really, I feel that that just sort of captures the spirit of experiencing that particular uh, uh bit of mental chaos if but if i if i may be so bold as to say uh having been on the receiving end of that little bit of mental chaos um yeah yeah it's accurate on some of them to share data with your partner <laughs> <laughs> so then so that you're because and honestly, I kind of wish that there were a way to pull my friends. I do this. I, and I, I talked mm -hmm. about having kind of your team uh, and your and your trusted yeah. friends and check in with and who will be honest with you about what your mood has been like. But it is really useful to especially I think if you live with somebody, they probably know your moods better than you do. So even just saying, hey, have I seemed have I seemed a little off? Mm -hmm. uh, last couple of days that that can be useful uh, but that's that's kind of been the other not gtd related but also non-work related uh change yeah that I, that i've been dealing with for the last few months um, and i'm now back on a different option mainly for science mm -hmm. aren't entirely convinced and so far it's not really helping helping with my symptoms very much but we thought I'm so used to and so good at treating my body like a science experiment. It why, why not? not? Yeah. yeah. Just, just give it a try. See mm -hmm. what happens. Um, so, so that's been interesting. Uh, but I think the other thing that I really wanted to talk about was the job. Yeah. So if we're, uh, if we're good at that, so listeners, you may remember, from last time this is where i get sad kevin just yeah 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 yeah. pour one out for tick tick because uh it was it was my everything it was my app that did oh. everything that i needed it to um and then some really. yeah and then i started my new job and it's a great job really like the people that i work with fantastic i get to do interesting stuff and I cannot sync my work calendar or my work work anything to any third party app on the face of the earth. I don't know what kind of black IT magic they have worked to make this thing, uh, but it it will not work. And and it's intentional. And I, mm -hmm. I understand it from a security standpoint, I do. Yeah. But it that I couldn't have all of my tasks and also all of my appointments in one place anymore. That was very sad. So what I did instead is move to, I, for a little while I tried and with making a second work calendar basically and, and having a second digital calendar 
that I would update and I didn't keep up with it. I hadn't kept up with it before. So that wasn't terribly surprising. I just thought I'd maybe be smarter right. at that time. I, I'm not. <laughs> that, 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 my overall level of intelligence is exactly the same. So, <laughs> uh, so I ended up, uh, I, I had mentioned um, on my last interview that TikTok kind of was my digital bullet journal. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea, but having another object carrying around was not working for me. And right. it was a really hard day when I had to go buy a bigger purse. Mm-hmm. Is actually big enough to carry uh, anything other than my phone and wallet and keys in. Uh, that is is was was difficult. Yeah. Uh, but kind of, I'm still on a paper system. Six months later, mm-hmm. I've made lot of tweaks i've gone through a bunch of commercial journals as well and and planners i'm actually right now trying one more commercial (laughs) um it it arrived just as uh we had done version one of this interview actually and while kevin was checking for his mail i was checking for my mail because Uh i am anxiously awaiting stickers oh yeah for (laughs) for my planner uh it's uh but i there were some things that i kind of want to talk about with the paper because i am a wimp about carrying around a larger bag Mm -hmm. i would have probably been served really well by one of the disc bound or the ring bound yeah uh, because I am an anxious person and I'm always afraid I'm going to make a mistake and oh my gosh, I'm going to ruin it and it's going to be ugly and I'm going to be a failure And because my, my personal worth does in fact depend on having a perfectly laid out journal page, obviously. Right. Uh, (laughs) um, I have the, I have the Minnesota sarcasm really well down there. Um, uh, So but because I didn't want to carry around a, a larger books and, you know, I, I looked, I think, um, you know, last week they uh, talked about the, uh, the tool line. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. I love their pens. I'm actually currently working with a pen to that's, cross things off. That's, to talk about. that's the yeah! pen. I'm, yeah. I got, I've got the, the tool gel pen right in my hand right now because they're, they're great. And when I'm taking notes on the podcast, I found that uh, fountain pens I make a mess of. As yeah. much as I love writing with them, I make a mess of them when I'm trying to do these notes. And then I had one run out of ink right in the middle of an interview one time. And I was just like, oh, no. Yeah, so I grabbed another one, and it had dried up in the thing. And I'm just like, fine, I will use the gel pens because they're reliable, they're quick. The only other pen I've really started using that isn't a fountain pen these days are um, Skillcraft government pens. These these indestructible. Hold on, I have one right here. Um, indestructible traditional shaped ballpoint pen, designed to nineteen fifties nineteen sixties DOD specifications. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! So one, you can click it billions and billions of times, and the spring will not wear out. Um, you it will write something like five miles before you have to replace it. It can sit in a drawer and it doesn't dry out. And oh yeah, if you write on it with paper and the paper gets wet, the ink doesn't run. Wow. 
it is it is designed basically to to cold war military standards and um the company employs blind people so uh, and and also um veterans very very heavily so uh, people who would otherwise be very difficult to employ uh have jobs because of these pens that is fantastic yeah yeah that, that's much more well i don't know that there's actually a uh, a little restaurant mm-hmm. that uh employs um felon uh, oh wow convict, yeah um and gets them job training and gets them um you know ready ready to go into the broader workforce and also they make a really damn grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, but it's, it's part of their mission is mm-hmm. to employ people who would have difficulty getting a job. So, um, that is, I'm going to have to look up those pens because that is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, um, and thinking of the ex-con thing, uh, Mike's killer bread. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I mean, it's, you know, if you can get a great product and also support, uh, our, our fellow humans, that is, that is a fantastic thing to do mm-hmm. um, for purposes of bullet journaling right. for the person when you are not able to use a, or not willing to use a, a ring down or a disc down uh, the friction line of pens, they are gel pens that are erasable. There are also markers that are erasable. Oh, yeah. highlighters erasable. Uh, it is, a, a temperature based erasing with a little rubber end to create, you know, with the friction, the friction mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, so you do, I was advised when I first started to make sure it was summer. So, or getting to be summer. So, so don't out in a really hot car, but right. uh, short of that, I never had a problem with, you know, the ink disappearing on me randomly. It, it seemed to do just fine. So, so secret. And they marketed a whole notebook around this, this idea, but the whole thing around the, you know, oh, here's an erasable notebook that you can reuse over and over again. And, but specifically you had to use the, uh, the pilot friction pens. Um, if you take your notebook, you put a, a mug of water on it in the microwave and you microwave it for, a very short amount of time, like a minute, basically you can erase everything just yeah. gone. I mean, not completely yeah. gone because the chemicals will still be there, blah, blah. But, you know, if you have several pages to erase at once, just, yeah, you can microwave it. <laughs> I, uh, actually, when I was, uh, I, I use this as a parlor trick with my family to, <laughs> Uh, to show them the magic of the erasable pen and chucked, uh, erased it, you know, piece of paper and then chucked it in the freezer (laughs) (laughs) to make it come back. And that was, that was kind of my other consolation with it. I thought, well, if it accidentally does get erased in the summer, I can just chuck it outside in the winter and it'll be fine. Right. Uh, Since, since we get nice cold winters here in Minnesota. uh, So it's so that, it's stable at what is generally considered room temperature. So what's erased stays erased, and what is right. written stays written. And it's only in the extremes that you can basically erase or restore. 
Um, but it does, it did help me when I first started paper and with having that feeling of, I, I know I've seen sort of the, Hey, internet, show us your messy planner pages. We know Mm -hmm. they exist. Uh, we are, we are not, there's a reason why all of the pretty plan with me videos are done before the month starts. And yeah, <laughs> God, yeah, it's, it's not pretty by the time you're done. Uh, but it, it, uh, it did kind of help. Cause I did find that I would get kind of stressed. I would have mm-hmm. to cross out and reschedule and, you know, all of those sorts of things. Right. Cause the, the biggest gap that my paper system was filling for me was hitting that all in one place calendar. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, with work, things do move and, and so on. And what I'm actually trying with uh, my new planner and the reason that I was checking the mail, anxiously, it's a thick enough paper that I think it will stand up to uh, washi tape and moving and, and adjusting Mm -hmm. with that. And I could, I could easily go back to the erasable pens. That would be a perfectly good solution, but I've kind of started to like having a little bit, very low maintenance color coding Mm -hmm. or you know, do I need to be, do I just need to be at my desk? Do I need to meet someone somewhere? Is there travel time involved with this? All of, all of those sorts of things. Uh, It's not a super rigid system, but it does help as even just thinking through it when I'm writing it down. Oh, this is this type of task. I should make it purple. Kind of cements that task a little better in my head. So yeah, I'm going with it. It's 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 basically a categorization or a, a, a tagging, right? And yeah. and I know yeah. you can do that in Outlook and Google Calendar too, where like I know that my so I've got it set up because we use uh, Google Apps for work, and I use Google Apps at home, and we don't have that third party restriction. I just you know put the links for my calendars into one app, and. But, like, I know it's a personal event because it's a particular shade of purple, and I know it's a work event because it's, um, you know, the ela- one of the elastic blues, the the blue, right. yeah, that, um, so that I can just look at it and see these just quickly blobs of, is my day going to be, you know, uh, full of meetings? Do I have stuff after work? And then there's the big red bars that fill the whole day that are the days I'm on call. Right. So I know, you know, I can just sort of look at it and go, oh, yeah, here's, you know, a week view and just have, you know, blobs to say, okay, this is what my week kind of looks like. Yeah. Um, And I'm hoping that having the tape as a method of blocking mm -hmm. out so that I can more easily move it around, this gets rescheduled, this gets canceled, what have you, uh, see how it goes. I don't know. All I know is that I have a lot of really cute washi tape on its way to my house. There you go. You know, it it makes me happy. Uh (laughs) So, so the question that's going to come up is 
because I can already hear people banging away because we did mention it. What, what's the new notebook? What's the old notebook? Oh my gosh. So I have been through, all right, let's talk brands. Let's talk brands. Absolutely. So um, the first paper planner that I used was an inkwell press. And I will send you a list of these, uh, Kevin, if you're not. Um, I picked it because it was just, I picked the standard weekly Mm -hmm. small in a small bag um, from Office Depot or wherever it was because it was, it was at the store. And so was I, uh, I picked it because it was the only one in the store that didn't seem like it was just going to bleed through with ink. Right. So I really hate ghosting. That's, that's my least favorite. Yeah. Uh, and is not even worth mentioning, but, but ghosting, it actually does bug me. So I, I chose that one because it had an okay setup and you know, it, it had pretty decent paper. It is a cult. Um, it is, it is super cultish. If you go online, they will sell you classes. They will sell you all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> yeah, and honestly, most of the planners that I've tried are, are kind of cult. Oh yeah. Um, totally. So, yeah. And, and that's okay. I mean, you know, if the system, I, I have a friend who just ordered, um, Aaron Condren. Oh Yeah. It's, it's it's an empire that is amazing and i'm actually really curious to see what she thinks of it because she went with the the petite size mm-hmm. daily plan and she's been bullet journaling for several years but she was finding that it was just her life has gotten busy enough right now that she just needed that little bit less friction yep. of having to draw and you know so on so it's an interesting, and I'm kind of in the same boat and, and ordered another commercial plan for the same reason. Um, so anyway, so tried, tried equal press found that wanted daily timeline. Yeah. So I just, I wasn't having enough room for both tasks and also appointments mm-hmm. and also things to keep track of, like, you know, Hey, how did today actually go? And you know, things I wanted to remember and so on. So I ended up looking at a whole bunch of other planners. Uh, I did order one from Ink and Volt. Lovely planner. I got their undated version. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great planner. Really nice paper. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing that made me not stick with it, I think was because it had sort of the morning, new night breakout. Yeah rather than having actual hours and my brain is just good at visualizing time on its own. Right. Right. Yeah. So it just, it wasn't quite specific enough uh, for me. So kind of went back to the drawing board after that. And after that, I wound up looking at a bunch of the tend to be undated and tend to be quarterly. Mm Mm-hmm that have a day day spread with an actual timeline printed on it. Um, or the best self girl planner thing. Um, looked at a couple of others that I ended up not or So I, I've looked at planner. I've looked at the, Oh gosh, high performance planner. I think was one of them and I'm blanking on the name for that one. Cause I, I didn't order it in the end. Yeah. So I decided to go one. And 
the best cell phone was interesting. The decent quality paper mm-hmm. space. And mm-hmm. what I found was that it was actually bugging me to have so much space <laughs> that I didn't need and that I wasn't using. It felt like I was wasting money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes. And also it was, just, it was bigger than it needed to be for right. me. So decided to shift and went and picked up a Rodeo goal book for a bullet journal uh, with my friction pens when I discovered that they existed. Uh, They're they're awesome. And I really liked that. And I used it for four months, Mm -hmm. something like that. And the thing, I play with a bunch of different layouts and ways of doing things. And by the end, you know, a couple of weeks ago, this past month, really, I had settled on a layout so that I had uh, kind of a four day, a, a four page week. So I had two pages for, you know, kind of uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> um, or no, th- so it was, that's right. I had half page Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. And the half page I would use for hey, don't forget this stuff this week. Uh, You know, here are things that I'm thinking about, things that I'm worried about, things that at some point this week I should do. Mm -hmm. And then on each day, I would block out a a time calendar. And I I don't think I'm going to be able to describe this very well. So I'll see if I can find a a link for you because I got this off of the internet. I'm sure I'm not that creative, um, <laughs> but it would let me uh, color in and block out time for various appointments and uh, mm-hmm. let me keep jewelry that in that way that I, I found that I was needing the, so that was, you know, Monday through Friday for the weekend. I had a single page with, because my weekends are kind of, just a big block of available time yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. And so I would have timeline blocks for both days and then just use the rest of the page for notes, you know, errands to run, this kind of thing. Because my weekends tend to be a little bit more amorphous and and blob like. And a lot of weekends mm-hmm. I'm gone for one of those days. I might be traveling to an event. I might be committed to spend the day doing a particular thing somewhere. Right. So I don't need an entire page for that day, <laughs> but I'm really going to need the space for the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, so that's, and I think the, the goal book performed pretty well. There's mm-hmm. loads of reviews. It comes in colors. It's nicely set up for bullet journaling. Oh yeah. I liked having the, yeah, I, I liked having the, uh, Uh, block. So at, at, uh, for, for listeners who maybe have not seen the Rodeo Gold Book, it's got an index section, a perpetual calendar where you have all of the months and the days so you can note down like birthdays, uh, major events, that kind of thing. And then uh, it's got a blank space over a few pages for each month. I used that to note down. Actually, when I started with it, I went through my old planners 
and kind of noted down, hey, what happened that month? What mm-hmm. was what was big? What was exciting? What was interesting? So what I realized was how little I actually remembered. <laughs> <laughs> because it's sort of like, wow, I I know that January and there actually was one month, I think it was March where I wrote down, I'm sure that I did things this month, but mainly the weather was terrible. Yeah. And I, I survived. Uh, and that's, that's about it. Um, sometimes which, that's all you can ask for. <laughs> I mean, especially March in Minnesota. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's usually, I know other parts of the Midwest get this too, where you have that kind of semi thaw. So everything is muddy and you get sleet and it just, it's just not nice. Uh, yep. That, but which is not great for, for productivity and for amazing things happening. Uh, but it is, it is what it is. Um, so did that. And then the kind of for, for the paper paper's nice, a mm-hmm. little bit of ghosting, but not terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, but the biggest, I think my biggest innovation when I started with the bullet journal, and I don't mm-hmm. know why it took me this long to figure it out. It took me a couple of months. I realized that I could draw myself badges. Ah. This is a badge podcast. So I thought this would be of interest to our listeners. <laughs> Did you know that, that you can go and you can buy stickers or stencils and you can give yourself as many badges as you want? <laughs> it's Fantastic. I uh, I think the first time that I did this was I had gotten behind in the garden as invariably happens to me. I went out and I spent about three hours weeding and you know, just getting things back in some semblance of order. And I came inside and I was hot and I was tired and I was a little sore, but I, but I felt triumphant. I thought I should get a medal for this. And then I thought, wait, wait, I have, I have, I have markers. I have a, I have a planner that I could, I could give myself a little. So I, I drew myself an award of gardening merit. Uh, (laughs) So, so, so little secret. Um, If you've ever wondered how I am so consistent, at least with the shape and the background and all the stuff on the badges. I use a tool that is specific for this called Open Badge Designer that integrates, they, they have a plugin that integrates to WordPress. So I go in and I bring up the Open Badge Designer and I say, I want this shape. And then I fill in the color because I've got the, the, primary the four color primary color codes for the productivity alchemy logo and i say Uh i want uh, like i want the outer ring to be this color and then here's the inner ring that oh look they pre-designed it so it looks like it's it's stitching and then i go to uh, all of the icons uh since early days have been through the noun project which is a site that does uh is all about clear icons that show what that that give a, a very clear visual meaning for what it is. And uh, I, I actually pay them so that I have the right to redistribute and I don't have to give attribution but, uh, to the individual designers. 
uh, but I, I find like the icon that I want to use related, like this past week I was on there typing bow tie and I had like 50 different bow ties to choose from. That's awesome. And I can tell them what color I want to download it in. So it comes pre-colored. I don't have to do any adjustments. And then the banner, you select the banner, you tell it what color it is, you fill in the text in their little sliders so you can position everything relative. And that's, that's how I do it consistently is that I have a tool that allows me to do it consistently. For anybody who wants to make their own digital ba um, badges, uh, the Open Badge Designer is and the Noun Project just make it so easy. Amazing. Yeah. And I bet you, mm -hmm. and another thing that I've learned is that there is sticker paper. Oh, so much sticker paper. It is there. Mm -hmm. it, and it is like not just you know pre-printed, but you can just buy and print things on it and cut it out and make a sticker. Is is this I, where I tell you there are actual things you can plug into your computer that will cut them out too? Yeah, no, I know about that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that I started pricing that out versus the stickers I wanted to buy. Right. <laughs> but I'm also not saying that I didn't. Um, no, actually a friend of mine has a silhouette. Oh, okay, uh, yeah it and uses it all the time and has offered to to let me uh let me use it but the thing is even if you don't do that if you have a pair of scissors and a reasonable degree of stubbornness you could probably make that happen uh on on your mm -hmm. own um but again it's and for me it's been interesting to see as a change from having the digital thing that was really pretty purely useful Right. Um, and it was so good at what it did. I'm not kidding that I really do miss it, but <laughs> it, but having this paper thing where I can not only plan out what I'm going to do and mark down what I've done, but I can inject a little humor. Um, right. Kind of nice. It's you, you don't realize some days where really want a little bit of a cookie mm -hmm. even the one providing it you can still give yourself that that little bit of a mark of hey i this was a really hard actually on i think it was tuesday uh gave myself a turned day around badge oh right on because it was a i've had internet it's been a horrendous brain chemistry week um they still happen even when you're doing well and the good news is that it goes it passes and, and oh yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah yeah um you know so so no worries but uh you know to kind of be there and say you know what today was awful but i still accomplished stuff and i got through it and i'm still here and i you know Gosh darn it! I deserve a little. Hey, good job, you. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's, it's fun. And and again, like when you, I think when you have uh, a mental health issue that does give you that extra level of stress, and that so often makes you feel like you're not accomplishing anything, right? And you're not living up to your full potential, or whatever nonsense you want to phrase it as having something where you can kind of just for yourself. And if you, the other thing that I will mention is that they, there are stickers out there that are 
hey, I put on pants today. Oh, yeah. I washed my hair or, you know, for that one would not apply to you, Kevin. Sorry. Uh, Hey, 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 this beard needs washing. (laughs) That is true. That is an excellent point. Uh, You know, let us let us not discriminate on the location of the, the head hair. That it requires to be that, that requires walking, <laughs> right? But, <laughs> um, but you know, but you can kind of celebrate those little wins mm-hmm. um, and and make it fun and make it funny. You know, it kind of it kind of helps. Um, so I, I I it's been interesting to see how that has actually improved my productivity. Mm-hmm. over what was objectively a more efficient system. And so we'll, we'll see um, yeah. how that goes. I am, I have now switched to a commercial planner. I have decided ahead of time, mm-hmm. the monthly pages, badges. Oh, there you go. Um, I did have to go and I, I, uh, I think it was, this week i i did some retail therapy and i went and i found a small enough stencil that i could uh make my full badge shape on my on my month squares in the the new commercial planner which is a passion planner oh it's the pat yeah no the passion planners are awesome I don't i don't personally use them but i i i do keep up with them and i think they're there's i mean they're really awesome have you heard they're coming out with the daily? Uh, I had seen that in in a most in the most recent email. Yes, I get I get the the promotional emails. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I so I uh, I it's and it's hilarious because I had that email came out I think two or three days after I had ordered my first planner, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so funny because I thought the reason that I hadn't picked one up first time that mm-hmm. I was looking for a commercial planner was because it didn't have a daily option. Right. And didn't think that there would be enough space. So, and I think it's been really a result of me figuring out what key functions the planner is really serving for me mm-hmm. that make this seem like it might actually be possible. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Internet, I don't know. I've been at it for about a week and a half, so we'll see how it goes. All I know is that I have washi tape coming, and it's going to be pretty. Yeah, and and this is now this is going to be an, an interesting thing because one of the things we talked about earlier, of course, in this interview was how you're using OneNote for all these other things. Um, have you considered? Don't yell at me because you already yelled at me once when I said, "Hey, have you seen the Pilot uh, Friction stamps?" and Internet, I hadn't heard about them, and then my wallet cried. <laughs> right, um, but have you tried using um, some templates and predefined layouts in OneNote for this? I mean, you can so, say it doesn't work for you because I I tried it and it didn't work for me. <laughs> I have not mm-hmm. tried that. The so what I'm doing as a getting started measure. And I did actually want to talk about this because mm-hmm. the, one of the things, and you could do this in a bullet journal type format too. You don't need the passion planner for right. this or any, but for a lot of these planner systems, there are third parties out there, you know, to be honest, largely women mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who are 
out there producing the the phrase you're looking for is functional stickers. Yep. You can basically modify the layout of the planner system that they're designing for. And the nice thing has been for the ones I've been ordering, they're already sized for my planner. Oh yeah. I know gonna put them it's Mm -hmm. it just makes it it makes it very seamless and very easy um so you know so it's that that's i think possibly why i i'm I'm not gonna yell at you because i've already yelled at myself more than uh more than i need to (laughs) oh i i i'm already going to make it worse um have you looked at good notes yet on your ipad haven't you mentioned that mm-hmm. on I think one of the other podcasts and I have not looked at that one. Yeah, yet. one of the one of the things I'm finding about GoodNotes that I'm as I experiment with it more, uh, you can set your own layouts. You can predefine them so that instead of having to have this entire thing already done with the next six months or whatever, you could set up a couple pages as templates for mm-hmm. here's a month, drop the month in. I was playing with someone else's planner and they're like, this is the sticker page. Here's how you circle the image and copy it and place it as a sticker in the planner pages. And since it can import PDFs, you can use darn near anything with it. And I'm just like, this is crack. Like the only thing that is worse crack than this as I'm looking was, is that now there's a whole subgenre on Etsy and Etsy is, is crack for planner pages and for digital designs and for stickers. Let me just tell you, I could spend days on there and and yeah, a lot of them are geared towards towards women, but there's so much out there that if with a little digging, oh, yeah. yeah um, well, and I, the reason that I, I mm-hmm. even noticed that is honestly one of the things that I kind of love about it. Mm-hmm. So, like the fa- my favorite piece of furniture in my house, right. is an old dresser, like mm-hmm. probably fifties, nineteen sixties dresser, and it was I bought it from a woman who she's a stay at home mom, but she around and she finds good solid pieces of furniture that need refinishing mm-hmm. and does them and she sells them and she makes a little money for herself right right it's about a micro business and so the only reason i mention it is because i kind of love that i'm supporting these my, my fellow <laughs> ladies out there who are doing this thing mm-hmm. and you know what i'm like hey this is this is great i am happy to pay you um to make my platter pretty for me uh, but uh anyway but no but i agree with you a lot of it is geared toward women but mm-hmm. it's not it's not like there's rules about who can use the cute stickers uh, yeah and uh and that that's sort of the thing the the functional stickers the um mental health day stickers the ability to make your own badges i mean that's huge yeah right yeah Yep. And and there's something about, even though I have digital trackers Mm -hmm. for health, those things, there is something about at the week on paper and just noticing, oh, wow, I was hyper productive on this day and I crashed. Mm -hmm. And you know, it might be as something as simple. Like I ordered some uh, weather stickers right? so that I could put down weather is crap, weather is crap, weather is crap, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
weather. Today, the weather is absolutely stunning and I feel amazing. Uh, right. You know, it, and seeing those kind of, um, of patterns that I think sometimes everything else can feel a little more real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On paper when it's a physical thing. Um, and I think there's also something about, I, I don't know whether this is real science or whether it's pseudoscience, but the idea that you retain information better when you read it on paper than you do when you read it on a screen. I, I think in, in terms of the reading, it's pseudoscience, uh, but there, there has been some stuff done where if you write stuff down, and it doesn't have to be handwriting, it can be you're sitting there, you're listening to, you know, maybe you're on a con call and you're taking notes, but taking notes in some form, re- recording it somehow, um, either by writing it on paper, typing it into a into a document that you're gonna you're gonna you know save on your desktop or print out or whatever, that that sort of builds in a re- builds in a review and helps you retain it better. I honestly don't believe there's any retention difference between reading on a screen and reading on paper. Um, given Probably, the amount yeah, of stuff I read on screens on a daily basis. <laughs> I think that's almost the thing though, for mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Almost everything that I read is on a screen mm-hmm. these days. I, I like paper books. I read plenty of them. Mm-hmm. I am an enthusiastic library user. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's fabulous. And, uh, you know, but almost everything I read for work, it's all digital. Mm-hmm. A lot of the library borrowing that I do, some of it is paper books, but a lot of it actually is uh, uh, ebooks, mostly because then I don't have to worry about remembering to return them. Right. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's automatic. I have no choice. Very easy. Uh, haven't had a fine in months. Great. But I think almost because it's more rare to sit and look at a page ah. and process that, it triggers a little bit something different in my brain. Mm-hmm. I do not know if this is just, it's probably just a me thing, but it's interesting to see the difference in how I respond to, oh, wow, I have three phone calls this afternoon. I'm not going to get anything else done mm-hmm. Yeah. versus seeing it on my digital calendar and still believing against all odds that I will get other things done because I'm convinced that I'm a time Lord. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. And I, I warned friends about this too. I, I never underestimate my ability to believe that I am a time Lord. I, I just convinced that, the laws of physics don't apply to me and, and I can, you know, be, be uh, oh, yeah. infinite on the time frame. Um, but you know, and that's actually the other thing that has changed in the new job is the, um, the billable hours system mm-hmm. is a little bit different. Oh, and yeah. It's, I still have them, but the things that count and, and how the math is done is a little bit different. And it's, frankly both easier and more important for me to track day to day where my time is actually going right right so having that realistic picture makes me have the additional thought of oh wow how many good billable hours am i actually going to get in today if (laughs) i have 
this many different things and this many interruptions, I'm probably not going to get the seven hours that I was expecting to. It's probably going to be more like five and a half. It's fine. But that means that I need to plan for bigger blocks of uninterrupted time right. later or, you know, figure out, figure out some way to compensate. So that's, um, I think for people who are in billable hour jobs, if internet, if you are on a billable hour job and you want to talk strategies, I am always open uh, for that. I've been in <laughs> three different billable hour environments now. So uh, I haven't seen it all, but I've seen a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I currently, I currently live and die by an Excel spreadsheet that I am using yeah. to, to track. Well, uh, our uh, fiscal year end is coming up. So I need, I, I have a hard deadline to meet that metric. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I, I understand that completely. I mean, we have different metrics where I work because we're not driven by, by hourly output, right. uh, but I've been in that thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to sit down with my spreadsheet because I have to sit down with the spreadsheet and uh, the person I was filing it to wanted 15 minute increments, right? which worked well for being a sysadmin because I might spend five minutes on something and then 30 minutes on something else and then just in the, in the churn. And so it was a really good way to get that picture. It also meant that I've had, I spent five minutes on something and then spent 10 minutes reading my email. That whole 15 minute block was billable, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And for, for us, I think most people, I think most people in the, the first place that I worked was a uh, quarter hour increments. Mm-hmm. The last couple of places that I've been at have been tenth of an hour increments. So, Oof. yeah, um, it's, it's simultaneously sort of more and less precise. Like mm-hmm. I, because my brain still works in quarter hour increments, so I'm I am as accurate as I can be. Right. Uh, and, but again, frankly, there aren't very many things on my to do list that actually take six minutes. So it's almost worse to have a call, a half hour gap, another call, another half hour gap, or you know, right. 20 minutes. Cause like, what, what can I actually do? Because the, um, another thing that has changed actually, um, I'm now in an open office plan. Oh God. Those are, those are just so hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It was a really difficult transition. And especially for somebody who has an anxious brain, um, I actually, shortly after I started, went to my boss and said, so I could request noise canceling headphones as an accommodation. And I would like to do that. Right. Because I can't think, um, you know, the, even just all of the new noise and all the new sounds all around, because I, uh, I don't have the ADHD mm-hmm. ex- uh, expansion pack. <laughs> on my brain, but I, I <laughs> but I, I do have the uh, the anxiety one that sometimes acts like it. So when there's all of that sensory input, it's hard for me to actually focus and only respond to the thing that I'm supposed to be responding to. So you know, and he was really great about it and basically said, I don't want to do the paperwork, just run the expense through and, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, but that has, that helped a lot with 
you know, kind of settling down and, and getting that focus so that on the off chance that I do have something that I can do mm-hmm. in that, moment, you know, time, because the other side of it is that people tend to interrupt you less when you are wearing giant headphones. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and, and also you, you don't hear all of the, um, all of those, somebody's on a phone call over there and my brain recognizes a phrase and suddenly it's paying attention to that instead of paying attention to this, um, you know, and so on. And, um, other, I mean, there, there are all kinds of just small things about having that kind of a desk set up where, you know, doing as much as you can to modify your surroundings so that your visual noise is reduced. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Using, you know, thinking about where you want your monitors to be, if you have that choice. There's a um, whole sub industry of office stuff around just that, that very idea. And I yeah. think it's, it's kind of, kind of nuts that now, um, privacy and noise reduction in workspace is a value add on and not a default feature anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to describe when for me, it had been a couple of years since I'd been in an open, an open office right. kind of environment. I had a door that I could close when I really needed to get stuff done. The other side of that is there, there is an, also the culture of, I am sitting two cubes over from you, but you will send me an I am because we're all trying to be quiet mm-hmm. out of respect for each other. But it doesn't actually mean like the, a lot of the point of the open office was supposed to be this kind of off the cup collaboration yep. and face to face and so on and so forth. And that doesn't necessarily happen in practice. I, I think so- the the open office and somewhere I have at least one, if not two, blog posts and studies where open office plans have actually reduced productivity, mm-hmm. um, because the open office plan as a productivity enhancement and building collaboration is absolutely fantastic for certain enterprises, design um, things that are made to be that that kind of have that whole collaborative idea. It's a huge help with um, programming using agile methodology, because if you're pair programming, uh, that is two programmers kind of looking at the same code and working on the same code, or if you've got one group that's focused on a, a specific feature or, or a piece of software or something, I can just reach over and say, Hey, you got a minute. Let's, let's whiteboard this out and make it happen. Whereas in law offices, tax offices, any place that deals with personal information, dear God sales, um, yeah. having an open office is a detriment because now you've got like, if you've got 15 people who are on the phone to clients daily, you call, there's all this noise in the background. Um, you know, maybe the guy next to you isn't talking to a customer. Maybe he's talking about, um, how pardon this, but how those fucking losers, uh, um, didn't move the ball like they were supposed to and lost the game. And so now you've Mm -hmm. got all this other stuff you have to worry about. Um, so I think, I think it's, it's, we're going to take, 
a lot of that trend was let's take something that works that works for some very specific use cases, but because it saves money, let's use it for everybody. And, and it's know, bullshit. And I get it. Our, <laughs> yeah. When your office is downtown or somewhere with expensive real estate, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, the other side of it is that I think for some, I think more so in the accounting industry than the law industry, because with, with law, you still have, you still have offices. Right. Um, sane lawyer who's actually practicing is going to be okay with the cubicle because you are dealing with so much that's confidential. Oh yeah. With the accounting industry, you're still dealing with confidential information, but there's much more of an assumption that everybody is subject to the same confidentiality. Uh, and also there's much more in the way of people in the firm aren't necessarily at the office day to day. A lot of employees are actually out at clients because they're doing the audit, they're doing, you know, all these other things. And so just sort of the, it makes more sense for people. I'm, I I think, and this is entirely anecdotal from, you know, chatting with people, people who aren't there every single day care less. Um, You know, it it doesn't hurt their productivity that it does um, someone who's there every day. And I also will say that I've gotten much more used to it over the last few months. Mm -hmm. The thing that is hardest for me right now is that my back is to some offices that have glass doors. And I know that the people in those offices aren't staring at me all day, but it really feels like they are. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this does not have the effect of making me work more. It has the effect of making me panic. Uh, so, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, um, you'll, but, you'll notice uh, that my workspace, cause I sit, I use the same desk for recording as I do for my day job. You'll notice mm-hmm. there is a wall behind me. It's covered in art so that people, when we right. do these sorts of, of calls have something to look at that isn't just my ugly face, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing when, when I've had to work in open offices, I try to get the one like in the back corner where there can be a wall behind me. And it's very hard for people to sneak up behind me or just look over my shoulder because it drives me crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah. And the, the challenge with a corporate environment is you often don't have a choice. So you get assigned to where you sit and that's just where you sit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more junior employees. I feel really sorry for some of our employees who are either right by the bathroom mm-hmm. or they are right by the door uh, from the elevators in and out. Oh yeah. That's a terrible because, thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just constant. And, you know, everybody adapts in their own way and, and figures out uh, ways to ways to make it work. Um, the worst but, is if you, you don't have an actual break room, just sort of a break area, you know? Yeah. We do. It's on a different floor, but there is kind of a, a cafeteria, you know, cafe, little mini place that you can go. Mm-hmm. I will also give uh, some credit. There are wellness rooms that mm-hmm. you can go to, uh, primarily for, unsurprising, with a relatively young. It, it, the accounting industry has often a larger number of younger employees mm-hmm. office day to day. So there are lots of new parents. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you have new, new nursing moms who need the, the room to use for that or, but you can also use it for, say you do get a migraine at work 
Mm-hmm. You were allowed to reserve that room and go and just be in the dark for an hour while your meds kick in. Uh, oh, that's nice. That's actually pretty. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a huge, huge help. And I think most offices that I have been in have had something to try and mm-hmm. just to try and accommodate for the fact that there are points, even if it's just a crappy little room where you can go and make a personal phone call, yep. uh, you know, there's something, there's somewhere you can go other than the bathroom. Uh, right. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No one wants to take a phone call in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, so it's, there are, there are definitely, uh, adaptations and, and ways to do the open office in what I would think of as minimally cruel ways, I guess. Uh, but it's still, it's still been a, a tough, a tough thing to adapt to. And if any listener out there has really good ideas, I am all ears because it's, it's a continuing thing. Um, the time when I escape from this is when I am traveling, which is a thing that I do now. And this I, is my and last you, yeah. You were saying you travel a lot now. I do. Well, it's okay. So I currently travel a lot. I, this probably is not permanent. It will probably not always be like this, but I have done a fair bit of travel the last few months Mm -hmm. and to survive this. (laughs) First off, I got pre-check. Yes. I need to get pre-check in the worst way. Yeah. So if, just tip for anybody out there who might be in a, a job that does require them to travel out. Find out if your employer will pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mine does. So that's, that's really nice. Uh, but that was very, very well worth it. Um, my office. And we, I think we talked before about a lot of everyone in their cousin uses concur. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a really popular service for, booking corporate travel through through work at my work in addition to the desktop suite in the office we actually have the concur app and i did not know that that existed and i don't know like have you seen it is it oh a yeah standard? yeah no it's, it's it's a standard anyone who uses concur can get the app and just log yeah. on yeah yeah so the app is kind of amazing because it mm-hmm. has instant expense submitting. Yep. You can take a picture or a screen. And uh, sorry, the audio just kind of cut out a little bit. Um, so you can take a, a picture or a screenshot uh, of a receipt mm-hmm. and save it directly into the Concur app. And it's already there when you get back to the office. I love having I, yeah, no, that was, that's, that's in one of the more recent versions. Uh, my last job, two jobs ago, we used concur pretty heavily for, for almost everything in that. And like we have the, the, before they had the concur travel app, um, uh, we had the, uh, like the Expedia app was built, right. It was linked to it. Expedia was linked to it. So you could book your flight, say, this is my flight. And it would immediately be part of your expense report in advance. Right. Uh, we, we changed provider or we changed travel providers or whatever. And so the, and they did the same thing. So it's like, yeah, now I can just go in and say, attach just direct from the, I don't have to scan anything. I don't have to upload anything. I can just go, here's my, my flight thing. Um, of course, the other thing they did was they let us 
book using the corporate travel card through the site, so I no longer had to pay it up front and request. I just had to report that I made the the expense and get my manager to approve it. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. Instead of instead of having to go, okay, I just had to spend you know four hundred fifty uh, five hundred dollars mm-hmm. on plane tickets, and now I have to wait for the finance department or the the process to complete so I can so I get paid for it. So I get paid back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's a hard thing. I, at my last, um, at my last place, when I started, I ended up starting to do some travel for there, but you did have to pay for it out of pocket and mm-hmm. then get reimbursed your 30 days later paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'll, I was chatting with a, a former colleague and, you know, I said, it's so nice not to have the like, you know, $2,000 buffer that you just have to keep in your account at all times. Just right. In case. Yeah. Uh, it tra- especially if you're in an in an industry where last minute travel is a thing, um, it it is expensive mm-hmm. to travel. So that that can be kind of a, a burden. Oh, yeah. But um, but discovering that I could and I even use the expense thing for non travel, so I can request a partial reimbursement for my cell phone. Right. And I get the email from my carrier every month. I take a screenshot with my phone, I crop it a little bit, I save it into the app, and I file the report from the app in less than five minutes, because then it gets done. That's 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 a GTD thing. It takes two minutes or less, just that's do right. it. That's so. right. That's right. And now I'm wondering if I could, because I monitor all this stuff, hey, I work for a company that that builds search software and has all these great monitoring tools. I'm wondering if I can, because I'm... I work from home. I'm wondering if I can monitor and see, get reimbursement for at least part of my internet bill just by saying this machine is used for work exclusively. Here's all the traffic across my internet line for that machine. Here's what percentage of my bill it makes up. Probably not, but it may be an interesting thing to find out. Right. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, at least in the the professional sphere, Mm -hmm. a lot, is will reimburse you even if you're you know an underling and an associate I, I am a mere associate uh <laughs> you know they will reimburse you and the idea is that it's paying for a bunch of data yep that that you need to do your job uh because my email is on my phone you know i am frequently um, checking that and responding and reading documents quickly and, and all this stuff on my phone. So um, it's it's kind of intended to be a, a reimbursement for maybe some extra data that I wouldn't normally wouldn't right. normally use. Um, so I would I would encourage you know all people if you're if you're in a job where that <laughs> might be a thing, call or or check your employee handbook or whatever you have and, and find out uh, because it's it can be very helpful. Yeah. Um, connected with Concur, though, for travel, there are a couple of other like uh, kind of Russian doll related apps. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't wait to talk about these again because they were just awesome. Yes. So yeah. there is TripIt. Mm-hmm. Uh, TripIt is also from Concur. TripIt is basically a way to combine all of your reservations in one place. So and the. Other nice thing is that you can share your itinerary with other people and give them access. So if you are a person who say, 
regularly drives around the Midwest with a bunch of other people and either carpools or caravans or what have you. And say you would like to have other people have access to your reservation number mm -hmm. so that if they get there early because you got trapped in construction and uh, you know they're they're there they're waiting they can get checked in to the hotel right um, without you um, you know also useful uh, I mean you can put Basically, you can put anything into it and you can import pretty easily from Concur, but you can forward by email. It's like a plans at TripIt or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to, to set up. Um, you can put in uh, like places you're going to be going. So I'm going to be going to this particular site, you know, and here's my hotel and it will help you grab those directions and estimate time for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is really slick. So you can that, and other people can see that as well. So then, for example, you know, if uh, you are arguing about what time you need to leave the hotel, you can <laughs> say, "No, really, I want to go get coffee at this place. It will take this long." And <laughs> yeah, I, I I use Google Maps for sort of a similar thing. I know roughly how long it takes to get somewhere, so I'll, I'll and uh, I'll map things before I have to leave. Figure out. And you can tell it when you're leaving. And so mm -hmm. it does things like, here's the estimated traffic and delays average day. Here's how long it's going to take. Here's when you should leave. Um, and I think um, BusyCal, which is the Mac uh, calendar app I use on my desktop, will do that as well. Right? And, uh, and the iCal will do that mm -hmm. uh, if you have maps installed on yeah. your phone. So every morning it reminds me how long it's going to take me to get to work. And I say, Oh, thank you. Yes. I know I'm late. Be quiet. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, so, but it's, it's, so TripIt is, mm -hmm. um, can be helpful. I don't use it as much as I use the last Russian doll app, which connects to TripIt, mm -hmm. which is, um, so Packer P A C K R and internet fear not, there will be links. Um, that I have sent to to Kevin. Uh, it is a packing list app. That is all it does, and it does it really pretty well. The when you first set it up, it has a bunch of standard packing lists that you can choose from. You can then go and edit them. Right. You can in your own custom lists. You can also put in. There's one feature that I. It was kind of a throwaway to me. I didn't really think anything of it. Uh, but you can have a to-do list at the very top for, for me. So mm -hmm. that's where I put my, Hey, did you check the thermostat? Did you remember to get gas in your car? Did you remember to actually ask your neighbor if she can check on your cats? Yeah, I, I am totally going to get Ursula to install this app because one of the things that is, is, um, a, a source of anxiousness sometimes for both of us is that whole, what do I need to do to prepare for this trip? And if we can have an app that is right there on the phone to say, okay, what do I need to do next? What do I need to pack next? What do I need to buy next? That will save so much stress. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's nice to have it be a repeatable and repeatedly editable. Yeah. Thing. So if you go on a trip and, you know, say, I, I have the tendency to think, oh, I'll remember that. That's obvious. 
And that's how you wind up at a random Target somewhere in Wisconsin buying underwear because... I... Been there, done that. Uh, underwear, yeah, there was a... There was a, a I think one of our first trips when it was all four of us and the kids were significantly younger um, mm-hmm. and we, we go to the beach and I'm like, all right. And I'm looking and I realize I forgot to pack socks. Yep. And, and that was when, and Ursula was just like giving me so much grief. And that's when we found out she forgot, forgot to pack bras. <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and then like one of the kids didn't pack underwear. So we're just like, so yeah, we had to make that run. She had to go to a specialty shop. We could, the, the kids and I could just go to Target or Walmart. Not that I condone Walmart, but you, you you go with what you you can get to. It was just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. 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 You only make that mistake like twice, I think. Um Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I um I, I think I mentioned one of the things that I one of the places that I've been traveling is to mm-hmm. another office. Um and for some reason, I actually was warned about this before I went by one of my coworkers. None of the workstation there has a mouse. They just don't. Oh, oh ah, mm, yeah. They just don't use mice in in this office. None of us knows why. Um, and we're all working from laptops, so it's this tiny, crappy trackpad. Yeah. Um, and I'm working in Excel, and everything is terrible. <laughs> If you if you aren't a master at, at Excel's keyboard shortcuts, and I'm not, um, yeah, using using Excel without a mouse uh, or on a crappy trackpad is is hell. Yeah, uh, I I um I did kind of wander around and eventually found an IT person and just made extremely sad noises um, until they found me a mouse to to use for those three days. Uh, but right. It, but that was a thing where I had a, I knew that it was a thing I needed to bring. I what I had done was the last time I had put it on my list for that trip, mm-hmm. and I, I I put it on my list for that trip. But I had not gone back and edited my actual template. Oh right. So it didn't stick. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there are some things about the Packer app that you know just. Be aware that you can, and again, like, so you have your kind of your library of template lists Mm -hmm. that for each trip, you can then modify. So you can say, hey, delete that. I'm not going to wear a dress this trip. Yeah. Um, You know, I've got my work clothes things and I've got it set up so that it is potentially inclusive of anything I'm likely to want. Mm -hmm. And then I and then say, no, I don't, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's too cold for that or it's too warm that i'm you know i'm not going to bring uh the umbrella it's you know i I always bring the umbrella i learned that lesson um (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) you know but so you can you can um adjust it for each trip but uh having my my inclination is to have my template lists be as inclusive as possible and then Mm -hmm. whittle them down to the extent that I, i might not need something um, but that, that was very much a, okay, I'm only making that mistake once. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was not, not fun and, and not a, not a terribly productive. And I, I know I, I have taken actual Excel classes and learned to do things in Excel that I did not know were possible. Oh yeah. Uh, it sounds amazing like that, but. 
my gosh, it's phenomenal. And I, I just like, this is fan. Like, why didn't someone teach me this five years ago? Um, but it, it, I can't do all of the, I can't entirely navigate. I have heard that somewhere in our trainings, there is a class or was a class where your final, if you will, mm-hmm. was complete a series of tasks without using a mouse at all. Yeah. And I, I'm just not there yet. Sorry. I, I, and, and I actually know why you can do all that with it. It's from the days when Excel was a DOS-based program. And you didn't have mice, and you didn't have graphics, and you had to navigate everything with keyboards. And there, there were so many people, uh, just like um, I think Lotus One Two Three and a couple other early, early spreadsheet programs. It was all keyboard navigation. You had to be able to do that. And so a lot of it is, um, is because even during that transition to graphical, a lot of people had all this muscle memory built up on how to do things, and it's just still there. There are a lot of, of really useful features hidden in some of these programs that have these long lifespans that you think, why would I need to be able to do all of this by keyboard? Well, sorry, 20 years ago, we didn't have mice. 20 yeah. years ago, we, we couldn't we couldn't drag and drop and highlight. We had to do it with the keyboard, right? Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see you know, how, <laughs> how, how things change like that over mm-hmm. time. I'm, I'm perpetually curious about what, what's the next thing going to be, man. I don't, I don't even know, probably like virtual reality or something. I, I maybe something planted directly in my brain to make it do what I want it to do. I, I, I would I just know. be happy with um, AR with with something I could attach to my glasses and have the screens instead of having to have screen, you know, dedicated screens, you know, I kind of, like the idea of one of those like sci-fi stations where you have like the the uh the console mm-hmm. with things above it and it's very that 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 looks yeah. very sexy uh in in the movies yeah so. that's 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 essentially augmented reality right it sounds mm-hmm. very cool so yeah. i i don't know less cool uh but also useful though before i can forget yep uh is in it so I use um, I use Packer. I use Packer for almost every trip I take now. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I did right away, along with getting my pre-check, is getting all of my reward memberships. Uh, oh yeah, mileage and all that stuff in order, and downloading the proprietary apps for those various providers. So the airlines that I fly most frequently, I have their app on my phone. Mm-hmm. The hotel that I stay at most often I have their app on my phone and uh, even though I'm making the reservation through concur and through work it still shows up yep because and that's another concur related tip for for folks who maybe haven't come across it yet or, or are new to it make sure that you put in those reward memberships right away so that when you make those reservations it will automatically link to your account oh yeah uh, so it's it's kind of magic actually to see you know hey there's my there's my reservation for for this trip and the reason that I think it's most important with the uh, since I do have TripIt and uh, Concur directly on my phone I don't need it as 
much for a reservation reference for hotels, but having it for the ticket information um, yeah. for travel is really, really helpful. Uh, you know, it's, I think that even with the hotel apps, actually, sometimes they're easier to navigate than the website. So, oh yeah, and, and it knows as soon as I open it, Hey, I am currently staying at this hotel. I might be interested in knowing what time, you know, when does the restaurant open for breakfast? Yeah. Uh, uh, for me with the airline apps, uh, the airline, I, uh, there's there's like a partner credit card, and I try to use that credit card specifically when I'm traveling because the partner credit card, one of the perks of that is, um, other than, you know, accruing miles by spending money, is that you get the – maybe the first non-special upgrade. You're always zone one, essentially, and your first check bag's free, and – I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to be that person like with their carry on and trying to find the overhead or whatever. You know, I try to keep my carry on limited to what I need to travel, what I need between my house and picking up my bag at the other end. But I, you know, and my, my pills and my tooth, my very expensive toothbrush, but you know, it's like, yeah, if I need to buy deodorant for a day, I'll go buy deodorant for a day. If I need to buy, you know, a change of clothes at Target, I can do that um, because losing luggage happens. It's happened to us more than once with all the travel we've done. But just that little perk of being able to, you know, I'm main one, zone one, whatever the current terminology is per airline, you know, always knowing you've got that, knowing that if you're going to check a bag, it's free and you don't have to do the um my favorite my my least favorite dance um we have a full flight we're going to run out of overhead space please yeah. come to the counter to check your bag if you can take these things out of it you know what gang uh i i i understand why people would want to to do non-checked bags but the number of people who do it that don't need to drives me insane. <clears throat> and it's, it's mm -hmm. difficult sometimes because I, so I tend to travel with a purse mm -hmm. basically and a small roller bag. Right. Um, the lately I've been, because I had the experience where I had measured and I thought that my roller bag would fit in the overhead and then it's not right. Uh, I was that person. Sorry, everybody on that flight. I, I did not mean to, I really thought it was going to fit. Uh, you know, it, it happens. It was, it was a tiny, tiny little puddle jumper plane. Right. Um, right yeah. So I, I did that, but, um, for, for me, usually it's just a matter of as it's not that I need the, extra space for all of my stuff, but it makes it so much saner for me. Basically it's, it's, it's my, uh, anti-anxiety to mm -hmm. have all of my luggage with me, even if I gate check it, Yeah, you know, and if I think it's going to be a really full flight, honestly, sometimes I will gate check it mm -hmm. as actually if, if there's been a delay and there are going to be people, people who have really tight connections, I'll try to to you know accommodate and mm -hmm. and squish 
as I can so that they can just grab and go yep. uh, without having to wait for a gate check bag. Um, but I also, I have the same thing uh, with the always having, you know, zone one um, because of work. Um, mm-hmm. We have a with that particular airline and with a bunch of other airlines um, for that kind of reason. And I suspect the other reason honestly is, you know, the, I think most of us wouldn't put anything work related in our bag, but the fact is that a lot of us when we're traveling are going for about 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And and I can sort of see that. And I've, I've seen some really great like laptop bags that are designed mm -hmm. around the idea of you need a change of clothes and, and whatever it's, and, and I do have, you know, other things in my checked bag that are not necessarily, they, they could be considered luxury items, but like my shaving kit, I take my own like hotel soap, hotel shaving, whatever, uh, just destroys me. Right. So I've got things like, yes, here's my, my soap that doesn't come in anything smaller than, than 16 ounces. Here is, here are my contact fluids. If I'm taking my contact lenses with me, um, because if I'm, and especially if I'm going for more than 24 hours, uh, it it doesn't make sense to buy three three ounce bags to keep in a Ziploc bag. I can fill up a Ziploc bag off of just three ounce, you know, out of the three ounce containers to get me through a week. But then where do I put other things, right? So, um, by the way, if you did not know about this internet for for pre-check, you no longer have to have the Ziploc bag that you take out with your liquids. It's yep. so nice. Uh, that's, I would say the, the greatest innovation in my, my packing and my travel has been rather than having all of my liquids in one place, I can now pack based on where I need things to be in the hotel room. Uh, so it makes, it makes life easier. Yeah. Um, and, and can, the other reason but, I wanted is so that, because when I travel, I'll have my laptop, my personal laptop. If it's a work trip, my work laptop, uh, probably my Kindle, and an iPad, sometimes uh, my Switch, my Nintendo Switch. And you, if you pre-check, you don't have to unload your entire bag. And, uh, you know, I've, I've certainly been, given the amount of, of flights we end up taking annually, both nationally and internationally, uh, pre-check is, is something we're really looking in, we really need to look into. Uh, we've just yeah. been kind of lazy around it. <laughs> you know, and I kind of... I go back and forth on pre-check as Mm -hmm. a, it absolutely does make the weight and the inconvenience and the hassle of the TSA process feel like a poor tax of sorts. Um, Yeah. I can pay money to get around a bunch of inconvenience does squick me a little bit. Mm -hmm. At the time, there's for, you know, for people who, if you do travel for work, if you do do it, you know, professionally, there's also a certain point where it's your way to say, please put me in the line with people who know how this works. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Please, please put me in the line where, you know, at the very least, I know everyone going through this screening has done this before at Mm -hmm. some point. Yeah. Uh, in their lives. It doesn't make it perfect, but it mm-hmm. does, it does save some frustration. And if you're kind of stressed out and 
frequently, I, I mean, I don't know about other people's work travel, but I'm almost always underslept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm usually the one in the airport clinging desperately to a caffeinated beverage and just praying that I arrive where I'm going soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. you know, so it's, it's kind of, you, you do what you can to make that, that process, um, more pleasant. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I it's, it's all about the friction and if you're doing it frequently enough to justify the expense and, and that sort of yep. thing. And if you're worried about your privacy and government records and things like that, then I can see a reason not to. I've worked in government space and I know I can pass a standard background check. So I'm pretty sure pre-check is not a big deal in my case, but um, I'm a lawyer. I, yeah. They have my family. I, yeah. I, I, I cannot go off into a life of crime. I, it, it wouldn't work anyway. So, all right. Um, that's everything. Well, uh, wow. This is a lot. I didn't realize, um, even with the mail break in there, we're, we're, we're capping two hours here. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Internet. That's okay. Cause this is, this is good stuff. And I think there's, uh, there's, I, I have five pages of notes. So that, that tells you kind of where we're, where it's at. And I think, uh, I'm hopefully, I mean, it's no Dino episode, but I'm pretty sure everybody will understand and, and enjoy the discussion. That's the important well, and, part. You know, if there's, if there's stuff that uh, mm-hmm. should get cut, cut away. Uh, yeah. but I'm, I hope, I hope internet, you know, I, I, I offered to do it because I think a lot of things on the surface have not changed at all, but under the hood have changed a lot. And that's been very interesting and, and weird to experience. So I'm hoping that it helps somebody. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, it's been great talking to you and, um, uh, send also send me the links for where people can find you online. If, uh, yeah. Um, rather than, and I'll, I'll also dig them from the past episode and link that in the show notes. Yeah. I think, uh, I think last time I just plugged your local, uh, humane society Mm -hmm. and your local low income taxpayer clinic, uh, give them, give them your support. They need it there. And I, I'm sitting next to one of my humane society rescues Yeah, who, you know, thanks you for your support of, of that work. So right on. <laughs> so uh, thanks a lot. And Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. And for the people at home, we will be right back after this. had a great time catching up with Elizabeth. As we mentioned in the interview, we ended up doing it twice. The first time we both sat down and listened to it and she felt that it wasn't, it didn't cover everything and that maybe we should redo it. I am very open to that sort of thing. If if you ever have an interview and we haven't aired it yet and you're like, I, I want to redo it. We'll, we'll do a do over. It's, it's fine. And it was fantastic. 
to catch up with Elizabeth. So, our badge code this week. Ursula. Yes. What? Yes. Yes. Um, what's my badge code? What's your badge code? Yes. <laughs> the badge code this week is travel app. T-R-A-V-E-L-A-P-P. Because with all the travel uh, Elizabeth is doing, there is the she's added all those apps and we talked about those. The most important one, Ursula hasn't listened to the interview yet, is an app called Packer, which you need to be using uh, because it lets you build lists and templates and reuse them. Uh-huh. So that when it's time to pack for the next thing, you don't have to start over with a new list. You can just pull one in, modify it, and go. And like I have like the day trip list and the week list and the con. You list. can set all that stuff up. Yeah, hmm. interesting. And uh, you, I noticed that when you plan ahead, you make a list and then we put it all together. It certainly reduces your anxiety level. Yes. So it it's that stuck out to me as something you should possibly look at during the interview. I will. I will keep it in mind. You will have to remind me. I will. But yeah. Anyway, the badge code is travel app. You can find out more about the badges and badge codes at productivityalchemy.com under the badges menu item. There is even a, a how to that explains uh, how to claim them, and Ooh. there are lots now. And I think that's everything for this week. If you want to support us, you can go to Patreon, Ursula V, that's mm-hmm. U-R-S-U-L-A-V, which uh, you get free ebooks, although not Twisted Ones, because that's their saga, and I can't give that one away since it's not technically mine. Uh, but there's a lot of other cool free stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, free ebooks when I write them. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I don't bother you with anything much. Ever. There, There are some people on that I, I follow on Patreon that feel need to make sure that you get something very, very regularly. Which is great. And I understand yeah. the anxiety because mm-hmm. I am prey to it too, which is why at the outset I'm like, you get nothing. And if you give us $2, you get twice as much nothing. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, there's this, this real terror among creators. I have found that they are not giving value for money and everyone will leave. But so I polled all of my, you know, mm-hmm. Patreon sponsors. I was like, do you want stuff? And they were like, no, we do not need any more stuff. We all have a lot of stuff. And I was like, okay, do you want exclusive stuff? And they're like, no, it will sit in our inbox and pile up accusingly and we won't have clicked it. So please don't. You know, and I'm like, how about I just keep doing what I'm doing? They're like, that would be great. Thanks. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah anyway. Or you can buy Kevin a coffee. You can buy me a, a coffee. Uh, uh, that is uh, Kofi, dot com slash Ksunny, K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. Um, I have a new mug, and I'm very happy with my new mug. Uh, I have the Ember Smart mug. Yes, you're giving me a look, I know. But that's how much coffee I drink, folks, that I I had to get a Smart mug to keep all of my coffee at temperature through the day because I'm constantly refilling that thing. (laughs) Well, you know, it it prevents you from wasting coffee because it's gone stone cold. Right. And it's a gadget, and I know how much you love gadgets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if the coffee's cold, I can turn it on, and it will reheat it for me. Good Lord. Right there in the mug. We we live in an age I, of I wonders. Know. This is not, by the way, a product endorsement. They're not paying me or anything. I just think it's cool. If they want to pay you, we will happily take another mug. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. Our buddy yeah. Liz could totally use oh, that. Oh, totally use yeah. that. So yeah. Call us. Have your people call our people. And by yes. our people, I mean the dog. 
Yeah, the dog really is our people <laughs> at this point. So uh, the other way you can support us, uh, there's there's all of this listed. So far, all the money stuff is listed on the website under support. But the other way you can support us is if you know someone who you think would uh, enjoy it, share it, like it, uh, put it, uh, uh, you know, retweet on the socials. Um, and if you know somebody who you think would be cool to for me to talk to, let's make it happen. Because yes. I really enjoy the, the part of the reason I do the interviews is I enjoy finding out how people do things. And I think you guys do, too. So Kevin genuinely likes mm-hmm. other people. I find it weird. And yet here we are. I genuinely like other people within a very set, <laughs> certain set of boundaries. Yes. Outside those boundaries, frankly, I can be a bit of a curmudgeon. So we keep it that way. But he would love to interview people because oh, he yeah. really does enjoy that. Those are the boundaries that he likes communicating with go. people in. Yeah. So contact him. <laughs> Some of them, yeah. Say, you got to interview me or this other person or whatever. And there are several people I have really need to track down and schedule times with that I've been meaning to for a while. So as the end of the year approaches, the end of the calendar year approaches, we'll see what we can do with that. All things said and done, though, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember, folks... Stay productive. Woo!